And now, Kyle and Steven present another episode of the Go F*** Yourself podcast. Um, it's Fix. Really? Well, that's embarrassing. The Go Fix Yourself podcast. Welcome to the Go Fix Yourself podcast, the podcast where we try to fix our life view one conversation at a time. And uh, today we're very excited to have Joe McEnany on. Welcome, man. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I'm just curious, who was who's doing the intro? Who's the who did the music? Uh, we know, like to take credit for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> We totally did but it. But we didn't. We outsourced that yeah. to a much more talented, creative person that... Uh, yeah. So, I mean, Fiverr. We found a guy on Fiverr. Because literally, I think Kyle was like, all right, because we took a break of the podcast. And then uh, we were like, okay, let's get new artwork and new, a new intro. And then Kyle was like, oh, let's do a pop punk. Like, you know, because yeah. we're both coming from music and metal yeah. music and pop punk music. And so we're like, okay, let's freaking do that. And then uh, since it was a tight time frame, we just hired some dude online. Yeah. I always so. imagine it was like you guys in here just yeah. ripping it up. You know what? Maybe we should start selling that version. <laughs> yeah. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, I can lie. Maybe we should add like vocals on top. Yeah. Welcome to the Go Fix Your Cell yeah. Podcast. You know, written like, by us. <laughs> that, yeah. That's all. Yeah. That's yeah. the yeah. part. Write yeah. your own jingle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is solely written by us. Oh, great. Well, well welcome to the podcast, man. Uh, we, we've been trying to have you on um, for a while. And so, but it's hard because you live out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, we're out uh, there. You live yeah, in Telkina. So, really quick, like we say with with all of our guests, you know, my mom, my my parents, they both listen to this podcast. They live all the way out in New York. Um tell them a little story. Let's just touch on the the uh the main points and then we'll go back and, you know, hit those. But just tell like a little bit of what you do now. Um and there you go. Yeah. Well, um yeah, I, I always forget that we have like that upstate New York connection. So maybe we'll touch on that a Wait, little bit. Wait, what? But I think I think you, we we did we did we connected over like yeah, Instagram. Uh, yeah, yeah, because like that's where rot- we do most of our talking is Instagram. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think somehow we touched on upstate New York, or I don't know how it yeah. came up, but that's that's originally where I'm from. Grew up there, went to school there, but what what part of upstate? Uh, South of Rochester. Okay, so very close. Yeah, very close. And, yeah. Wow, that's right. I totally yeah, space on small that. little town called Hornell. Yeah, near Alfred, okay. Alfred University. Yeah, yeah. We Hornell. used to we used to play Hornell. Hornell in soccer. Yeah, those sons of bitches. Yeah, section five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. We well, also used to play cheated. the uh, <laughs> Rochester School of Deaf. Yeah, dude, that's the thing. They slapped, dude. They were good. They were so good. Yeah, because I mean, like you. You know, when you're communicating verbally, I don't know if you know this, but deaf people can't hear Kyle. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But no, anyways, so they communicate with their eyes and they can just do it in like a split second. So they know exactly where the ball's going to go. Super hard. You can't can't hear them, their strategy. It's Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You can't be like, over here, over here, over here. And you're like, you know, they're 10 steps ahead of uh, you. No, we we were like tied 2-2 and I was the goalie at that time. This, I don't know why I'm saying this, but this is what the memory just yeah. cost yeah. the game. Uh, I did because it, it came down to a shootout. Yeah. And so my boys, they couldn't make a goal. And then so they came to me. And then, uh, of course, the first guy kicks the yeah. ball. And I'm like, I go the opposite way because I read him wrong. And so I was just like, sorry, everybody. <laughs> I know we hear that. We traveled an hour to be here, but yeah. uh, we'll wrap it up and let's pack it in. So, you, uh, okay. Upstate New York. We have that connection. Um, yeah. 
And then, yeah. So what, what, what is it that you do right now? What is it like so, your main job? Yeah. Right now for the last seven years, I've, I've been self-employed as uh, the owner and founder of the high expedition. It's a cannabis dispensary in Talakitna. And uh, that's, it's my main job. My, you know, I, I run the business. I, I have a manager now, so I'm, I'm pretty hands off these days, I'm, oh. uh, which is nice. Freed me up to do some other creative pursuits and passions. And yeah, I've started some uh, sort of side ventures in the CBD industry. Um, you might've seen like Holocene and plant some of these seltzers uh, and some tinctures as well, where we wholesale in various dispensaries in the state. And so, yeah, I, I did a lot of, like a lot of the creative work on that and the branding and getting all that launched and distribution mm -hmm. and stuff. And that was a lot of work. And that's also kind of sort of, you know, self rolling now. And there's not much, not much going on with it in terms of like, you know, like the creative efforts has always been yeah. the thing that I'm was really into and, and then just getting things kind of dialed and, and sort of automated. And so, yeah, that's uh, one of the things with your brands I'm obsessed with because you can tell you don't, I mean, we live in Alaska and I think we've talked about it on here before, but like our branding efforts are just like, okay, that's good. That's fine. It's not like, all right, let's take this. It's good, but let's make it better and then take it two more steps. Your stuff, High Expedition, like the whole branding to the summit idea, um, and then the plant stuff and Holocene, I'm, I'm always like, it's so cool. It just looks cool. And so it's like you should be very proud of that because that is like it like brings up, I think, in, in my you know my mind, Alaska more. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of brands that I think that want to like keep that home Alaska vibe to their art, and then a lot of times it comes off like just not as like yeah. up to date, like it's a little in the past. And so when you see local brands that are doing like really good branding, they stick out like yeah. absurdly. Yeah. yeah, like there's just you're like, oh, they're not even from Alaska because this is so good. Yeah. Which is funny because like when Cut and Caliber, our first business started, like I. I was like, oh, dude, this is so good. I'm really good at what I do. And then I look at it now. I'm like, that is absolute dog shit. Yeah. Like, I was just... saying that from the get-go. <laughs> like, yeah. I was, yeah. Took him this long to figure it yeah. out. Kyle always, you can always count on him to knock me down a few <laughs> yeah. steps. This is like, terrible, Steven. Yeah. He's like, I'm up here being like, this is really good. I've yeah. outdone myself again. And yeah. Kyle's like, you suck. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, you're running High Expedition. Um, it's out in Talkeena, which for those who aren't aware and who are out of state of Alaska, um, that's three hours north 90 miles north -ish. it's about it's 100 miles 100 so it's, miles? it's mile, 100 miles. mile 99 you know the spur road and another 13 or so in the yeah. town so it's you know it's a two two and a half hour drive on on average depending on the weather but sure you're driving fast yeah because yeah, you know. it okay i was gonna say it takes me like two and a half three uh yeah, yeah it's a, a beautiful drive a too day. a lot of times yeah oh, it man. is yeah well that, and that's the thing like a lot of people uh don't know but like telkeen is one of the places where you you know you want to if you want to go to see Denali, that's one of the places you go see, like the big mountain, yeah, the big boy. It's the closest town to the on the south side to the to the range. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, for the views and to be on the road system. So it's the closest town on the road system. You can mm -hmm. walk to the end of Main Street, and you know, there's the Alaska, and it's just boom. And all the flight seeing tours, it's you know, it's pretty much you know, the north side has some flight seeing as well, but Talkeetna has the most um, Alaska range flight seeing options. With yeah, it. so it's that's kind of. You know, one of the draws. It's a you know huge aviation town. The history there is rich. Yeah, that's but cool. I it's really, only at sixty miles from the summit of Denali. The town is. Yeah, <laughs> I really dig Telkina, and I didn't. I mean, I always like loved day trips to Telkina, but there was one time, and I, um, I, 
I went out there for a week. I think you were, I think we, no, you were gone. We were filming this TV show and it was like during the fall. I think I ran into you. I've run into you like, yeah, I've seen you, you know, I always run into you at the group. It's like, ran- yeah, it's like <laughs> random. Like Always at like, the bar. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> Either at the TP or the Fairview. He's on uh, his laptop acting like he's working. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, don't mind me, dude. Uh, no, but we were shooting a, a, a TV show out there. And first off, I was out there for a whole week and it was during the fall. And like now every year, that was two years ago, almost three. And uh, every year now during the fall, me and my wife try to go out there and just like, you know, spend time because that is the most perfect place for fall because it's quiet. It's gorgeous. Like the leaves are falling and it's just like, oh, it's magical. It is. Yeah. And like, you know, you're basically, you know, I can tell, like, I remember on, on your last episode with Nick, you kind of mentioned how you went out there for sort of like a creative retreat or, you know, work, yeah. work getaway. Yeah. And I feel like really lucky to like live there year round. And I feel like that's like, oh, I've harnessed a lot of that creative energy just from living there and yeah, this, let's, the let's, seasonality and the, you know, it's, it's bustling in the summer and crazy and fun and new people from all over the world. And in the wintertime, it's quiet and you know it's just like you can really focus and and hone in on whatever passion or project you're doing yeah so what brought you from upstate new york to talkeetna or just alaska in general yeah it wasn't talkeetna at first it was sort of like a a happy accident but i so after um i was running track i went to university of albany and i was running track there and uh after my my freshman year i went back to hornell and cut grass for the city and wasn't really digging it and (laughs) went back to school and I was like, I can't go back home. You like, went to d- cut some other different grass. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stephen. Yeah. 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 There, there was yeah. something in there. Yeah. There was, yeah. <laughs> I was trying. Yeah. I'm trying really. The grass hard, is greener somewhere else. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was like, I can't go back. I can't go back to my hometown again. I was like, just, I was over it. I wanted something different. I didn't really yeah. care. I was thinking like, I was thinking like Colorado or something just to go work for a summer. Yeah. And I had this family friend, this guy named Mike Green, who's still a, a major influence and mentor in my life. He was one of my dad's friends. And, he was sort of this world traveler. He, you know, he's worked and lived in 60 different countries. And oh. he'd always, from when I was real little, you know, he's probably 20 years older than me. And he'd come back from an adventure and he'd show up at my dad's house and he'd shake my hand so hard I'd want to cry. But he was just like this guy that I always was like, that guy's cool. And I I knew he was spent time in Alaska as a hunting guide. And I knew he spent time in Colorado doing, you know, whatever. And I I went, I got his number and I called him. So my first time really connecting with him kind of like in my adult life, because I always kind of just knew him as like my dad's friend when I was little. Yeah. And uh, my dad was like, yeah, you should call Mike and and see what he, if he can help you out with, you know, with an idea for a job somewhere. And so called up Mike and I was like, hey, I want to go to Colorado. And he's like, no, you don't. He's like, you want to go to Alaska? Um, and I was like, so I, Alaska wasn't like on my radar. You know, I, yeah. I was, it wasn't that I wasn't intrigued by it or didn't think it, like that would be cool, but it wasn't like I, I was like seeking that out like specifically. So he's like, yeah, you want to go to Alaska? And I was like, all right, I want to go to Alaska. And so he connected me with a couple of his uh, contacts and old employers there. And I'm on the phone in my dorm room and I'm making some calls and, you know, I'm 20 years old and I'm like, so I first call is his buddy that owned uh, rapid exposure, which is, it was just a, you know, one hour photo. It was still back then when they were still developing photos and stuff. And he was, you just dated yourself. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was right on the, I was right on the cusp of him going digital and like yeah. doing all that. But, um, so he was doing, uh, he was doing all the photography for like rafting companies and stuff in the park. And he offered me a job and he said, do you have any experience with photography? And I said, yeah, I've dabbled. I'm, I'm into, you know, art and different stuff. And so he, he said, all right, well, yeah, I'll offer you a job. 
but the problem was he didn't really like his job was sort of like going to be like a part-time, you know, kind of side thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't, it didn't come with housing or anything like that. So I, he connected me with this guy named Bill Berglund, who is the founder and builder of the Grand Denali Lodge. So if you've been in the mm-hmm. park, you've seen the hotel up on, uh, on top yeah. of the hill. So I called Bill up and still to this day, one of my good friends and uh, Bill offered me a job doing general maintenance, which I didn't have much experience with. You know, I, my dad used to build houses and I had some, some basic stuff, but I didn't like a maintenance job at a hotel. I was like, I guess I'll learn. So he, they offered me a job and housing and the whole deal. So that kind of made it possible to like, just send it and go there and, and have a place to yeah. live. So I knew no one had no contacts besides what Mike was going to connect me with. And so, yeah, like four or five days after my last final sophomore year, I'd hop on a plane to Alaska and Remember my parents weren't stoked. They were like, <laughs> Alaska, they had no clue. They were just like, What are you gonna you do? You going there? to Russia? Yeah, yeah, basically yeah. <laughs> like yeah, like they were they were a little worried, but you know, it's and that was kind of a theme even even in later years, like kind of like parents being a little bit like, Oh, you're starting a marijuana store? Like, oh great, like you know, just like another <laughs> but um it was, it's kind of panned out. But they um so yeah, so I they drive me to the airport, I I land in Anchorage and I Mike had set me up with one of his friends to give me a ride up to the park. Damn. I get in the car and this, I was in this van actually. This guy, this guy with these dreads picks me up and first thing he lights up this fat joint and I'm <laughs> 20 years old and I'm just like, and we're driving and I'm, I see the Chugach Mountains and we're driving out of Anchorage and I'm just like fell in love instantly. Yeah. I'm just like, wow, this is like, you know, hadn't really seen real mountains before, you know, upstate yeah. New York, you know, we no, we don't got mountains, yeah, we, dude. We yeah. got some rolling some hills. hills. We got hills. Yeah. I've been to Vermont, but it's not. We do have more colors in the fall. I we do. Just, I was just in New York uh, in October, and I was just like, oh, I miss yeah. the colors. And also the the time frame, like how long the fall is. The I'm, a, I'm a sucker for fall, if you can tell. Yeah, yeah me too. You know, And yeah. I was back in October as well, and it was yeah. the first time I'd been back in New York. And what? Shit? You were back? Oh. Yeah, I was in, I was in Hornell uh, um, in October for like a week. I wonder if we like, did we... Because I didn't like story or anything. I didn't let anybody know I was there. No, I don't I think like, I, I didn't want to see like any you family. You didn't want all the fame. I think no. I saw you at, at Rochester Airport and just went the other way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you were like, shit, yeah, that's, that's too here too. Uh, I was supposed yeah. to see him in Talkeetah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, so I went back for a little family uh, get together. And but yeah, I was blown uh-huh. away. I was like, wow, like, I, you know, I mean, like, you can't really beat Alaska when the trees are all yellow and you get that mm-hmm. first kind of snow on the oh, mountains. Yeah. And it's just like, that. that's pretty awesome. And it's brisk air yeah. i love that yeah. but when you have all the hard like the maples and all the trees that are popping yeah. off reds and pinks and it's just you got to see up uh, you got to see northeast in the in autumn if you haven't it's really it's really cool i'll have to yeah because um, <laughs> uh, i want to go back um but anyway so you you made it till talkina you're working at the grand princess lodge you're doing well so so yeah so i got i got so i showed up that first summer and i'm i'm working at the hotel and and i um i'm doing photography and uh it's funny. I actually met one of my lifelong friends to this day. This guy named Chuck. The like the third day I'm there, I'm I know no one. Right? I'm I'm there, kind of like, you know, it's a seasonal job. So Isn't you're that how everybody is though. They show a little up, bit. Like, yeah, you show like, like it's all seasonal workers. Sometimes right? sometimes people will come with like friend groups, you know, and yeah, they'll kind of have okay. have a base. But I was by myself, like knew no gotcha. one. And I'm sitting on this bench, and this this, this guy is this, this guy my age comes and sits down next to me, and we start talking, and like, oh, where are you from? And we do the whole thing, and. And I'm like, oh, I'm from upstate New York. And he's like, really? He's like, where? I'm like, oh, just a small town south of Rochester. He's like, where? And I'm like, this town <laughs> called Hornell. He's like, no shit. He's like, he's like my, da- my dad grew up in Hornell. And I'm like, what? so it's crazy. His, yeah, this guy, my friend Chuck, who actually 
it's important to the story because I started my first business with him in Denali. First business I ever started in Alaska was a t-shirt shop called Wild About Denali. And no st- it's still going on up there doing custom t-shirts. And Are we, you still part of it? No, I I, I passed it off to him. When okay. I, when I, yeah. But um, so we, we start talking and we figure out that his grandpa still lived in the town that my parents still lived in, Hornell, which you know, I'm from. And we traced it all the way back. I called my parents. Start. I'm like, you know, do you know the Purse family? And we start talking. And we no, found. Oh yeah, we yeah, know. Oh, yeah. No well, we found out. So way. my parents met at. They went both went to Brockport, and they were both. Yeah. My parents were both retired special ed teachers, and they met in school there. And my mom dated his uncle before she ever met my dad. Fuck off. And it's the first dude I met and dude. I'm talking to on this picnic bench in Denali National Park, and I'm just like the opposite <laughs> side of the. Gun. It was yeah. insane. Yeah. So. You know, to fast forward, him and I became great friends. We played music together, had a lot of fun, spent I, I how how old is this guy? Uh he's like two years older than me. So, oh, he's, so like, okay, he's like thirty four, yeah. Um at the time he, you know, we're we're similar age. And so but he was there, he's from Prescott, Arizona, and he had a friend group of like seven people there that were awesome guys that are all still mm. my real so like I was instantly put into a friend group and they're all still really good friends of mine. Yes. I got an in. Yeah. I have friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it changed that, like changed my whole, my whole, my whole experience overnight. Like I met Thank this guy you, and Chuck. yeah, thanks Chuck. Yeah. He's probably going to listen to this. So, Oh, Hey bud. Yeah. So um, <laughs> thanks for listening. Yeah. So, you know, I, so yeah, I worked this summer, fell in love with it. I was like, I didn't want to even go. I didn't want to leave. I was like, I'm dropping yeah. out of school. I'm staying in Alaska. I'm, you know, I don't need to go to school. I, I saw like the seasonal tourism businesses and I was like, I can do this. I was like, this is, you know, you just open a business where all the tourists are, the buses drop I love that. I love that thinking because yeah. a lot of people are like, open a business? No. Well, that's I wasn't. Too yeah, hard. I, I never really had any really idea that I would start a business or anything. It yeah. wasn't like I was like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm going to do that. I was you just didn't like, have that bug yet. No, I was in school. I was a pre-med bio major. I was like, I was on the track to go to med school. I was like, oh, wow. I was focused and running track and I was on that whole path. Came to Alaska and, you know, messed it all up. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, total yeah. right turn. Yeah, dude. Just, <laughs> that's so, why the parents were upset. Yeah, they're like, they're like he's we not going to go to med doctor school. Yeah, to yeah, damn. Dick I thought he yeah. was going to pay for a new house <laughs> yeah, for us. Yeah. yeah, we knew he was a stoner, but no, I got He's no coming <laughs> yeah. back. Yeah, so, um, so I, but I did, you know, my dad talked to me and, okay, just come back to school and, and, you know, you can go back to Alaska and if you really love it, you know, see how it goes. So go back to school and, uh, also that summer I was, so I've always been interested in flying and in and, and airplanes, but you know, like growing up, I mean, how many pilots did you know in upstate New York? Like it wasn't like, it's not like here where, you know, every yeah, other person's got their, a plane in their yeah. yard. So I, I was always, I think more just interested in like airplanes as like a kid, just like they're cool and you know, like, yeah. like fire trucks, whatever, but it wasn't like I actually thought I was going to fly them. And so, but that summer I, I was working two jobs but I wasn't 21 and I had a hard time getting into the salmon bake. I didn't have a good enough fake ID. So I was mm-hmm. kind of getting shunned out. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really partying much. So uh, I had a coworker who is also part of my story because he was like a 50 year old guy that was my roommate. And he was just working the job that summer to try to get transition up to the slope because uh, Nana Management, the native company was our employer. And um, on the maintenance team, we were operating like the water and sewer systems at the hotel. They had a reverse osmosis water purification system. So I started to learn that. And he was he was there to get his hours to be a to certified water operator to then get a job up on the slope. And I was like, what's the slope? I didn't know anything. Yeah. So well, that didn't sound cool to me. So I was like, but yeah. Two weeks on, two weeks yeah, on. Yeah, which I ended up doing. And I'll tell you about I'll tell oh, you. Where, really? Yeah. So um I <laughs> So did Kyle. Yeah. Kyle did so, so yeah. So he had an old uh, Ford F-250. It was like a 1987 or something. And 
uh, he let me borrow his truck on, I had one day off a week and I would on his, on my one day off a week, I'd borrow his truck and drive to Fairbanks and go do flight lessons. And so I pretty much blew all the money I made that summer doing flight lessons in a little Cessna 150 Sick. up there. Sick. And, uh, Got like seven or eight hours that summer flying. I fell in love with flying. I was like, this is sick. But I was like, I can't afford it. There's, you know, it's can't finish my thing. But I I got the itch for it and the taste for it. And I I was like, I definitely want to do that at some point. Mm-hmm. So I go back to college, go back my uh, junior year. At this point, I'm so checked out from like the med school path and stuff. I'm like, switch my major. I go into art. Switch major. Whoa. I, I become an art major. Man, that's another right turn, dude. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm an art major and I'm doing all that stuff. And I quit the track team, move off campus with some friends that quit the track team as well and just had the most Start fun year of my blazing life. Blazing up. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Barely survived it. But I had, like, the most fun year of my life. My GPA was, like, 1.5. And that was I, too. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, I was like, this is the end of my college career, basically. <laughs> yeah. I'm going back to Alaska. So I go back to Alaska and do the same thing, the same two jobs. I work at the hotel again. And now I'm like a returner and I got my friend group back and I'm mm. 21, have a blast. Oh, I yeah. had a great summer. Changes everything. Oh yeah. It's just amazing summer. Um, didn't do the flight. Didn't, I kind of quit. I kind of just stopped doing the flying thing cause it was just too expensive. And I just, I was rather, I was partying and just having fun. Mm. Um, and then, uh, I was gonna like, I probably would have rode that summer out and just stayed in Alaska and not gone back to school. But like at the end of July, my grandma passed away. So I was like, I, I got to go back for a funeral. So I go back and I was planning on coming back to Alaska, but I kind of just got sucked in and just like, I was like with my family and some stuff was yeah. going on. So I just stayed and stayed in school. And I went and like, I was like, I don't know if it was just that break. Like I, I was kind of bummed that I didn't get to finish the summer in Alaska with all my friends and stuff. But I went back to school and talked to my counselor and I switched my major this time. I switched. I was like, all right, I just want to graduate. I just want to finish it. I don't want to quit. So I switched to psychology. So I was like, oh, that's, oh. E- that's easy. You know, I was like, psychology. That's <laughs> easy. I was like, that's the, that's the cop out. You know, I'm just going to go. I would have thought art would have been easier. Yeah. But I, the art thing was just sort of I, like, it was just getting, it was almost like I'm paying way too much money to like, yeah, just pay, to have I guess if you're like, going, yeah, yeah, like, if you were going for pre-med, like psychology is probably a breeze. Yeah. And like some of the, I remember like some of the like psychology, like, you know, like undergrad courses that seemed like kind of like common sense to me. Too. Yeah, Interesting. I was yeah. into it. I thought like, this is cool. Like yeah. I actually enjoy the topics and talking about it. So I switched to psychology and, but I, you know, you switch your major going into your senior year. I had all my under, like undergrad type or like the, the prereqs done. And my counselor's like, yeah, you have to get a, she did her, pulled her calculator out. She's like, you need to get a 3.93 or higher. Oh my god! Entire year just to graduate with a 2.0. And I was like, all right. So, so I moved back to campus. I had still had some track uh, team connections. So I moved back to campus. And if you, I don't know if you've been to SUNY Albany, but the, the, the way the campus is set up, they have 24, 21 story towers. And so the, the dormitories are like, four towers that are 21 stories oh, and there's wow. four dorm rooms on each tower and each floor alternates like boys and girls so it's very interesting you know a lot of awkward elevator rides you know yeah so i got i got on back into a room with my track uh, some old track team uh friends that were still on the team and they had a spot for me and uh 21st floor we're at the top penthouse at a oh, spot <laughs> but i was like i gotta move back to campus i was like if i'm off campus I- i'm not getting three I will point not study. Just, no way yeah so so I moved back. I focused really hard on school and and the psychology stuff. I uh, one of my professors, uh, Professor Andrade, she's a PhD from Harvard. 
she was super supportive of me and I'm really excelling in her classes, like the upper level, like writing intensive courses and specifically educational psychology. I got really into that. Mm. Come from a family of educators, my parents, uh, some of my aunts and uncles, my grandma. So I was like, this is cool. This makes sense. And um, I was really into like reading and understanding research. And I was like getting really into research. And I was like, I think I might want to like do research and be a professor or something. So uh, she starts pulling me aside after class and she's like, and I start telling her like, Hey, just so you know, like I'm super stoned every class I come to. And she was, she thought that was like interesting. And she's like, she's like, no really? way. Yeah. So she's like, she was interested I in, love that. yeah, she was interested in my mindset and um, these like, you know, verbose type, you know, answers to the questions and research and analyzing stuff. And so she's like, you need to go to grad school. She's like, you need, you have the brain for this. Like you need to do. Don't tell me what yeah, to do. Yeah. Right. Looking back on it, but we're still great friends. Her, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, her name's Heidi. Will she be listening to this podcast? Too? I'm going to send it to her. Yeah. She'll probably listen to it. Hi, Heidi. Yeah. yeah. She, she's an amazing, <laughs> she's a published author and, you know, Harvard, Harvard grad PhD. Damn. She's awesome. Yeah. And she has a farm in upstate and near Albany and she's, she's an amazing woman. One of my mentors that you're kinda, just saying that because you're going to send her the podcast. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you're just, just singing go, her praises. Google her name, you'll see. Yeah, yeah say, knock her down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, then, then, yeah, just kidding. You I almost got it. me to go to grad school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah so, so close. Yeah, so I went and did my GREs and crushed those. And I'm like, but I'm like, my GPA is like going to be a 2.0. I'm like, there's no way she wanted me to go to Harvard. She's like, oh, I got connections. We can get you into Harvard. Oh yeah. And I'm like, there's no way. Sick. I'm like, no one's ever gone to Harvard with a 2.0. 2.0 like, yeah, yeah. I was like, there's no way. But sure How enough, much money do you have? Yeah, you just like wrote a piece of paper. You're like, this is how much I'm willing to give you. Yeah. And it's like 50 bucks. Yeah. And you just slide it across the yeah, table. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, basically, I I met the, the threshold of the GRE, no problem. And then I did end up getting like a 3.96 GPA that whole year. You smart boy. Well, I I, I was really into it. You know, He's I, grinding. You, know, you get you get. I got a, I applied myself to that. Got obsessed with it, and that's what I was into. And I was like, academia is my thing, and I was really into it. And right. looking back on it, I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't go that route. Yeah. But um, at the time, that's just you know, you, you know, I'm sure you've been obsessed, gone down rabbit holes where you're like. Okay, like I, I mastered something. Oh. I thought I really liked that, but then I got good at it, and then uh, actually like oh, that, it's not what yeah, I love yeah. music, dude. Yeah, and I that, fucking pursued music for like twelve years, yeah. fifteen years, and that's been like a common theme in my life. Like you, sometimes you, you know, if you're a passionate person and you 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 want to you know become proficient at something and competent, like you do it. And then yeah. you, you you become that, and then all of a sudden it becomes boring. You're like, okay, what's next? Like, this isn't actually what I'm passionate about. Right. I think it's like you're passionate about the process and about learning and, and getting to the point where you're like, okay, I'm I'm actually like decent at this or I'm good at this. You know, I'm, I understand it. Yeah. And uh, that's what happened with me with educational psychology and adding stuff to your tool belt. All yeah. I can think about is like your poor parents. You know, they're like really jacked. We got a smart, and as a parent myself, I could picture this about the roller coaster they were on of just like, oh, this kid's going pre-med. We're really excited. Oh, he's going to Alaska. He's dropping out of school. What a loser. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, he's coming back. Oh, oh he's switching to art. Just, oh, my uh, God. <laughs> Honey, where did we go? Up, oh, down. Up, yeah. down. Oh, wait. No, he's doing psychology. Great. Yeah. And then oh, he's going to Harvard with a 2.0. Yeah. G- oh, no. Yeah. You got to do what I did. What do you do? Yeah. You got to do what I did to my parents parents i just kept their expectations real low the whole yeah. real yeah. low and then i like built them up over time so i was like all right but we're still low yeah we're still yeah. low just yeah. less low well if you move but far just, enough away yeah, they don't really have higher. any they don't know what you're yeah. Really doing. yeah 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 <laughs> this yeah. is actually just we don't actually pu- public this this is just i send these you know episodes to them like look how cool we are we have a <laughs> <Yeah>. podcast <laughs> 
there's like a private link to Spotify. I yeah. think there's actually a podcast. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um. So yeah. So I'm actually like, I'm going to Harvard. I'm going to do it. Like I'm. It's a week before undergrad graduation. I'm by all means accepted, and she's like, she's sponsoring me, and is like. I think like in grad school programs, there's, they actually have, you know, they say this is our standard, right? Like you, this GPA, this yeah. GRE score, these references. But like if there's like an alum alumni that's like a, a prevalent one that's done things, that's like this person is going to be a, an asset to the program. There's actually leeway and they can, things can happen. And so I was, I was going to do that and I was stoked about it. And I was like, I'm going to go get my PhD in ed psych and I'm going to be a professor. That's what I'm going to do research. That's oh, what, man. that's what I was going to do. A week before my undergrad graduation, I get a call from my old roommate, this guy that I told you about that was the guy working at the hotel doing the water mm -hmm. stuff. Chuck. Uh, this guy, named, his name is Mike Orman. That's what I said. Yeah. Mike Orman. Yeah. So Mike Orman's the 50-year-old guy that, and he was a full-blown alcoholic that was, he was an awesome guy, but he was just like the worst roommate ever. And he- He I'll, won't be listening to this podcast. No, he won't. Yeah. I don't even know where he Fuck is. Fuck Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, uh, but he did call me and said- Joe, I've been work. I got the job on the slope. He's like, I don't know what you're doing, but we need someone. He's like, if you want a job, I can get you. I can help get you the job. He's like, you can be a water operator, just like we were doing at the hotel. He's like, you want it? Do you want to? Do you want to do it? And I was like, I don't even know what that is. I was like, well, I don't even still don't know what the slope is. Like I'm uh, the yeah. oil field. I I have no idea what that is. And I'm like, and he's like. I'm like, well, what did it, what does it pay? And he's like, oh, you'll start like, you'll make like 85,000 a year. And I'm like, <sighs> I'm pump, like, you got to pump up your numbers, dude. But I was like, like yeah, I but, guess. but I was 21 years older. You know, I was like, or I was 20, I just turned 22 and I was like 85,000. I was yeah. like, that, that sounds, sounds pretty good. good. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I mean, that sounds pretty I got good. Half the, year, half the year off. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah. I was like, fuck grad school. <laughs> instantly and i sorry heidi yes yeah, <laughs> yeah i was saying how did that how did that talk go with heidi well it's like, funny because hey, i think like thanks? i don't think she was surprised i think she kind of knew my mo yeah, and sort yeah. of the, the the volatility of like figuring out what i wanted to do and i think that's part of what made me good at the topic was because i really enjoyed learning and like learning right. about how we learn and how we learn best which yeah. is sort of what ed psych is and uh so I think she wasn't super surprised. I think she what was, about your parents? Now they got you leaving back to Alaska <laughs> yeah. one more time. Build up your well, they, 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 My they, boy's going to yeah. Harvard. But at, <laughs> but at this point, you know, they've been teachers for 30 years and I was about to start making more money than them uh, overnight. Sure. So I think, yeah. I think in and not that it's all about money, but in perspective, they were just like, cool. Like they, yeah. they, you know, they started to just, I think, become supportive. Used like, to it, yeah, yeah, they were sort of like. You know, I wasn't coming home to live in their That's basement. Sorry, little so. Joe. He's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, He's doing bouncing something around. <laughs> yeah. He's making a lot of money though. Yeah. 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 So I so um uh Judge Judy was uh she's an alumni of SUNY Albany and she did oh. our a commencement uh, speech. I don't know. And it was nice. pretty, yeah, it was pretty cool. And I did that and uh like literally like five days after graduation, I'm on a plane back to Alaska. So ten days later, yeah. total one eighty. Back and I, I show up, I I do the whole I do my my drug testing and all that stuff barely passed. And then I, to I'm dead going, horse. going to dead horse. Right? Oh yeah. my and, God. And it's not just like I'm working in dead horse. I'm working at, right. at I'm working on pioneer natural resources project, which is uh, a, a man-made Island called Ugarik. So I take a three hour bus from dead horse uh, West over to like a lick talk point. And then it's the summertime, so it's helicopter season. It's not quite boat season. So this island, they made it. It's seven miles off the coast in the Beaufort Ocean, the Beaufort Sea. And 
how they built it was like we've all seen ice road truckers and stuff yeah. but this mm -hmm. is just like they should be a show about human engineering is actually pretty wild because so the north slope so if you like go to the arctic ocean uh the way that the the shelf of alaska sort of goes into the ocean it's very shallow right so the ocean you're seven miles off the coast the ocean's only 10 feet deep mm -hmm. and it's really really shallow like far out so it's very shallow slope out so um what they did was um the ocean actually you know on a normal winter i guess back then i don't know if it's still happening but the the water the ocean water would freeze all the way to the to the seafloor mm -hmm. like literally you have the ocean you're seven miles off the coast and the ocean is just frozen solid down to the ocean floor they went out there built an ice road and they excavated five square acres of ice down to the ocean floor and then filled two hundred thousand truckloads of gravel these bags that are bigger than this room and filled gravel bags and just started stacking them Jeez. and they built an island and then when, when the ice melted, they there was an island. The island stayed. Yep. And then that's where they. What did. if it would have just fallen apart? Uh, like, fuck! Well, I, I hope they planned it out a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah. better yeah. than Joe did his future. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> someone invested a lot of money in yeah. filling gravel bags. Yeah. But With that, a contract, yeah. That but you no, know, doing the directional drilling out there, that was just like they they identified well sites for that was like we need to drill from here, and right. so they built an island. That's and crazy. So I guess when with enough money, you can do whatever you want. You can do yeah. anything. You can build an island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I show up at this island, you know, fresh with a psychology degree from New York. And I'm, I remember the first night I'm in like the dining hall and there's all these like roughnecks and all these guys. And I learned real quick to stop telling people I'm from New York and that I have a degree in psychology because it, it wasn't great conversation starters. Like mm, people yeah. are like, oh, you, you reading my mind? Like, <laughs> I was just like, oh. you get out of my mind, <laughs> yeah. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Because like, that's what psychology is. You want to yeah, go yeah, for yeah. a swim tonight? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Freaking yeah. wizard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was way out of my element. All right, Gandalf. Yeah. yeah. But I learned real quick like how to blend in and I made some cool friends and I yeah. So I but I did that for, for I did that for almost two years. Like I worked on the slope and did that two and two and, and was living in Anchorage and that's what I did. Almost two years. Yep. Like it's and it's crazy how quickly it goes by. Yeah. And like a lot of people in Alaska have done some rotations up there, or at least Somebody did a job up there, whether it was dishwasher up to whatever. Yeah. Because it's or great as a contractor. Yeah. It's great money. It's great money. Yeah. And it's like you said, you get six months off technically working two on two off. But it is kind of like being a doctor or like a nurse where it doesn't matter if Christmas falls on your schedule or a holiday or your kid's birthday or your it's like that's your schedule. Yeah, there's no there's, there's no, not like, oh, here's to have the day off. There's no calling in sick or like it's it's different world. It's, yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's it's uh, I, I, the people, the characters up there are absolutely insane that you come across because you guys, you have guys up there that were at the beginning of the pipeline, yep. all, essentially, yeah. that have been up there 40, 50 years. And you're like, how is this person still alive? And oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the safety standards have, 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 have were, drastically changed. Yeah, way different. There's not a lot of hookers and blow that no, get delivered there yeah. like they used the to. Cocaine <laughs> built the cocaine built the entire you yeah. know, industry. And then now it's like they, they used to ride like, cranes they used to hop on the booms and like ride up to the you know up to the on top of the rig and stuff and now yeah. you can't even if you, you can't if you like, don't hold the handrail you get fired you, you know? literally if there is any fluid that drops out of a truck yep it's a spill essentially and there is all these operations that you have to go through to check to make sure that because it's yep. all reported yep. all written down for like a drop yep. of whatever, which is cool because you know, uh, being someone, environmental, yeah, it's, yeah, and it's someone cool, who, yeah, yeah, it's like I'm not like a, I wouldn't say I'm super, you know, like tree hugger, yeah, yeah. but like it's like 
okay, like we're, we're drilling oil. Like there's this is a, people are against this. Like I'm up here on first, seeing yeah. it firsthand. It's, it's cool to see that people that don't know, like it's not crazy. No, like Wild West. they spend a lot of money and time and yeah. training and, and precautions and they do a good job of what they can with, with being yeah. on that, on that ground. Like, yeah, you know, like if, if there's a herd of caribou going across the road, you, you have to stop, stop and turn your, and turn your truck off. Yeah. You can't hug your horn. Through. Like it's, it, they try to be low impact. Yeah. And it's like the p- people are always like, well, the, on the slope, they're spraying oil everywhere. Like it's probably oil spills oh, all been? over the place. You've been? I'm like, you have no idea yeah. how crazy yeah. you, it you is. Spill your, you, 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 you spill your you spill your coffee outside. Yeah. They're like, oil, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> containment. Yeah, shut yeah. it down. <laughs> shut the rig down immediately. That's, that is crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's oh. very. I mean, the safety. Like a lot of the people up there. Are <laughs> it's probably. I mean, it's probably out of necessity though, because like something happened in the past, and so now they have to tighten up. Oh, yeah, got people sued die for, out there. They got sued all, for millions I mean, of dollars. Yeah, the EPA became a thing. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, there's, there's just you there's know. accident. I mean, you're operating huge machinery that I mean, if something goes bad and with the temperatures, like a lot of people think Alaska is cold and it is, but up there with the wind chill, like I was up there a couple times when I think we got to like negative 80 with the wind chill. Yeah. Like it's unbelievably cold. Yeah. And these guys are working outside. I worked outside. Yeah. I, I was, I was doing water, wastewater and I, and yeah. I, I would alternate day shifts and night shifts. So each hitch I'd work 6am to 6pm. The next one I do the opposite. So I was doing oh. the swing hitches, yeah. which was hard on sleeping and stuff. But Fun. I, Fun. Le- but I learned so much about myself and just like being able to like, like I, I was so underqualified and didn't know shit. And I, w- I went up there and was just like, do my best to like be a quick, quick on my feet. Like, okay. I like, I'm, I can't even ask my boss this because he's going to be like, wow, this yeah, there's a not a lot ass. of mercy yeah. up there in terms yeah. of not knowing how to do stuff. Yeah, so you have to really be like, <laughs> fake have, it till you make yeah, it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and, 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 and a lot of dangerous stuff too. And I, one of the times I really fucked up that I got lucky um, doing the water stuff. So like the funny thing was, is we're out there on an island in the ocean, but they drilled wells 70 feet below the ocean floor for the drinking water. They So like in the water world, you have, you know, surface water and groundwater and the surface water has way higher like treatment restrictions because surface water can have biocontaminants and mm-hmm. different, you know, whatever. And the groundwater is typically got a lot less stuff that can even be in it from the start. So groundwater uh, treatment regulations are less stringent than the surface water. So for cost and for all their stuff, they drilled these wells down, but the water was three times higher salinity content than the ocean water from the ground. And so when you would when we would, we had well houses and the wells would, you'd pull the water out of the ground. And if you put it in a cup and set it on the table, it would scale over in like 30 minutes because it was, the salinity content was so high. That's the type of water we're working with. So we would use these uh, 20,000 gallon per day reverse osmosis water treatment systems, which are amazing. You know, they're basically membranes that you push the water through high pressure and out the other end, the only thing that comes out is hydrogen and oxygen. It hmm. strips the water of everything, the minerals, uh, everything. So you have to then post-treat it as well to make it palatable. But you can make, you can piss in a bucket and then push it through and it's, there's potable water. Do you guys do that? Side. Well, the army, the military uses it all the time for like when they're in remote places and they're, they, you can take mud puddle and, or you could take shit water. You could take any, you could take water mixed with oil it doesn't matter like these membranes yeah the only thing that will pass through them is hydrogen and oxygen like those straws yeah (laughs) yeah so really high pressure pumps you've seen those right the fresh water yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. i wouldn't trust that with some really nasty we should try it yeah (laughs) did you watch watch the maya rudolph's new show 
No. Recently, no. She like uh, now I'm just going to tangent. But anyway, she like has puts billions into this new osmosis thing, and then she's like in front of thousands of people and live on TV. And then she's like, "Look, you know, this is a million dollars worth of work." And then she like it's just this dirty ass <laughs> water, and like the people are like. Drink it. You have to drink it. You put so much money. And so she's like, this is so good. And so she drinks it. So, but anyway, yeah. So not like that. Yeah. Not like that at all. Yeah. So this one time I'm out in this well house and my boss was like, there's a, there was a pressure gauge on one of the, one of the uh, lines inside the well house where the water is coming in and then pumping over to our treatment center. He's like, and I'm a, I don't know shit about plumbing at this point. He's like, yeah, it's, and it's all, it's all like high pressure copper piping. And he's like, there's a leaky pressure gauge. He's like, we don't need the pressure gauge. He's like, I want you to go isolate it, cut it out, and then solder in just a you know a connection to bypass that. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I got it. And I don't. I'm like, yeah. So I go over there and I like I'm looking at this and I'm I take like I'm, and it's like 80, it's like 80 below wind chill out. It's middle of winter mm. and I'm in the it's pitch black Brisk. outside. Yeah, and yeah. it's and, it, and it's only like 100 feet from the camp, right? Siri, so, how yeah, do you yeah. cauterize a <laughs> yeah. portion of this yeah. copper? I'm like the stakes are high, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I'm out there and I'm like I'm, I'm like looking at it. I'm like. I think that this valve cuts off this. And yeah. Then, so I do it. I'm like, I look at it like three times. I'm like, I got it. And I, I go and I, 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 I take the saw and I cut out the pressure gauge and what 50 PSI of water just, uh, just shooting, <laughs> filling up the well house. I'm instant. I'm in my like Carhartt FR gear. I'm instantly soaked. I'm just like, I'm like panic mode. Right. I'm like the water. I'm like, this is, uh, this is life or death to me. Yeah. I'm like, put your mouth on yeah, it or I, something. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so I just start, I just start shutting valves and finally the water stopped. And I'm like, there's oh like God. six inches of water so in this stressful. well house. It's 80 below wind chill outside. It's like 35 in the well house. Cause they heat it, but barely. And I'm like, as soon as I open this door, I'm soaked. I'm like, I, I'm not even going to deal with this right now. I just need to go back to the camp and get changed. I walk outside and I instantly start freezing solid. <laughs> and I'm like walking back to the camp and I, I'm like, am I going to make it? I'm like, I'm going to be the guy that just freezes oh, to death, like falls, falls. Yeah. <laughs> just like the, like the tin man. Tin yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm yeah. like, no one can see me. I'm going to get fired for this. So I, I make it into the camp you're gonna and get, I you're go, gonna die yeah, I go this. into the bathrooms and I like, I could barely like, op- I, I was literally frozen solid. I could barely open the door and I, I get inside <laughs> Go into the bathrooms and I just like go. I go into like a stall and I just wait until I just like thaw out into a puddle, and I was just sitting there like, "What am I doing with my life?" Like this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, my I bo- could be at Harvard. Yeah. Right yeah, now. Yeah. So so my boss was cool and it, it was no big deal at the end of the day. But so yeah, I learned a bunch of lessons like that up there, and it wasn't for me. I, I learned a lot. I left. I quit, and I moved to Anchorage, and I got a job doing some engineering work with uh, commercial HVAC equipment. I was doing like automation uh, for Meridian Systems, which is a small company in Anchorage. So you so, just went from like uh, not knowing anything about plumbing, yeah. so you, and then you got a job for eighty five thousand dollars a year doing plumbing and then you come to anchorage don't, can, know, any, yeah. don't know anything about engineering but i can spell hvac yeah yeah that's a good start so then you moved to anchorage and you become you're working with engineers yeah so basically i had a an entry-level engineer job but i wasn't an engineer but right. i learned all on the job i was i learned how to code automation with this computer Damn. program and i worked out on jbear so i we were automating like Boiler systems, uh, ventilation systems, air conditioning systems, and we would basically—it's called direct digital controls. It's it's low voltage control systems that 
basically turn pumps on and, and uh, make like VFD pumps spin at different speeds for mm. water pressure. I learned a lot about that and actually became good at that. And then I did that for um, like three years and that was a sweet job. It was, the company was a employee owned company. So oh, okay. I, I got, I learned about ESOPs and all that stuff and that was cool. But then in 2015, I, I come back to Chuck and I'm like, hey, Chuck, He's still he's he's still working up in Denali, and I'm like, we need like let's start a business, like let's start a t-shirt shop up there. Because I I always from that first summer in 2010, I was like, this is too easy, like something I got to do something up here mm-hmm. with with the tourists. And so, uh, we started a t-shirt shop called Wild About Denali, and it's kind of a spoof because there's actually a program in the park called Wild, Wild About, About Denali. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say I but always the funny, think of the jingle. Yeah, the funny thing is, is like if you work up in Denali as like a seasonal worker or a local you call all the tourists wads because they're all wild about Denali. <laughs> oh. So that's just like the slang term, like the wads. Hey, you wad. Dude, I am so yeah. glad I go to Talkeena this yeah. summer yeah. and just be like, fucking wild. All these yeah. fucking wads. So I was like, let's call it, let's call it wild about Denali. <laughs> so, yeah, that. so we make this cool logo and and I, I cut my teeth in Illustrator and make the logo. And and uh, basically, you know, we I had this idea. I was like, okay, we, we buy like a really nice vinyl heat press. I'm like, we're going to just go we're going to source blank t-shirts from like Target and Walmart and we're oh, just going to buy them local. So he was, wor- so I had this job. I'm still working for Meridian Systems. This was where my hustle started and I look back on it and I'm like, I hope my boss listens to this because I'll be like, no way. But I, I had a company car and I would, I would drive, I would, I get off of work on Friday. I did this 17 weekends in a row in 2015. I get off of work on Friday at like four o'clock in Anchorage. I'd go to Target, I'd go to Walmart, and I would fit as many blank T-shirts that I could get in that. It was a little, you know, the boxy Scion cars? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's got Meridian, the company logos all over the car. <laughs> I'd fill this car up with T-shirts. I'm not joking, like, packed to the brim. <laughs> and Chuck was working the shop, so he was up there working it uh, every day, 24-7. And I'd show up with all these T-shirts, and I'd work at the shop with them for the weekend. What was it, just like a... a- a shop on the strip? It's the right t- next to the Tesoro gas station, right across from the Princess Hotel. It's still there. Oh. Wild about Denali. It's if you go up there right now, you'll see it. It's right, it's right where the Tesoro gas station is in Denali Park. Okay. So we're gonna go up there. My my friend, my, my, my boss Paul, who I did the photography for, owned the property and he rented us the space. Oh shit. He supported he was a good supporter of us and stuff. So so anyway. I'm like, what are we going to do though? What, like, we can't just like, what t- if we're going to be doing a heat press and making, you know, shitty quality vinyl press t-shirts? I'm like, what are we going to do? So they got to say more than wad on <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it can't okay. say, well, yeah, because there's something <laughs> ironic about the wads buying the shirts that are almost mocking them. And I was like, I yeah. don't want to just do that. So, so I decided that I'm like, and I'm like, I had been in the tourist stuff and I'm like, people really like to connect to like the, the local area, the park. Like what's cool about this, that like, you know, like you go to a brewery, you want to buy that t-shirt cause you yeah. went to that brewery, right? Yeah. I, I went to this brewery in New Mexico, whatever. It's, it shows you went there. It's, uh-huh. it's cool. So I was like, we need to do something different. So I took Denali National Park's large, right? It's, I, I can't off the top of my head. I should know this. It's like 5,000 something miles, like squared like in in size right Massive, it's, it's yeah. yeah it's one of the top five largest national parks in america it's lar- actually by size it's larger than nine u.s states uh size wise so i said okay this is cool we got people coming from all over the country i took denali national park the outline of it which is kind of cool looking and i scaled it and in illustrator i scaled every single state to denali national park and made 50 different vinyl uh press uh like graphics that whatever state you're from, like say you're from Ohio, right? Ohio's small. Oh. Ohio fits inside of Denali National Park. Yeah. So I had the outline of Ohio 
it would be inside the park to scale. And then like, say you're from California, the park's obviously smaller. So the park would be inside California, but every state had Denali National Park to scale. Oh, that's cool. Gotcha. So we had all these 50 Fancy. different designs on the wall. So you're from California, you come in and we would, you know, you pick your t-shirt size and color and we, we press you the, you know, the, the your, your shirt. And so it went pretty well. Like we, you know, we didn't make any money, but it was, yeah. like, I thought we, we broke were, even. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Did you at least yeah. break even? Uh, maybe. I maybe. don't think I did. I think I gave everything to Chuck at the end of the day. Yeah. It was like, good luck. But yeah. But uh, Good I luck, look, Chuck. But but for <laughs> like the movie, yeah, yeah. But for seventeen, like literally seventeen weekends in a row, working a full time job, I would l- drive, I'd go to, I'd go to Target and Walmart, leave Anchorage at six p.m., drive all the way to Denali, work all weekend, and then Sunday at like six p.m., drive back, go back to work seven a.m. Monday morning. Seventeen yeah. weekends in a row. That's the that's in, what they call the hustle in the work car. <laughs> Without permission, I do yeah. love that. I do love yeah. that. Yeah. I'm gonna need some mileage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> did you ever get? Did you ever get found out? No. They're no. like this scion's got yeah. a one million three hundred <laughs> miles on yeah. it. It's just like <laughs> fucking Ferris Bueller trying yeah. to reverse shit. Yeah. You know, it's like oh boy, Pretty I'm much. in trouble. Yeah. I was like, I, I was just like, if I got caught and fired, or whatever. But I was just like, I'm going for it. I love that. So. uh so at the end of that summer, though, I'm like, I got, I got the itch now. I'm like, I want to do something. I don't want to work in HVAC. I want to do something. So, my first two summers when I was working in Denali, I, I, I started taking the train to and from Anchorage when I'd show up okay. instead of getting rides, and we'd always stop in Talkeetna, and it would be like a 20 minute stop. And I'd run into town. I'd go to Nagley's. I'd walk around. I'm like, damn, this town is fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with Talkeetna, even though I didn't spend any time there. I was just like, this place. If I could live anywhere in Alaska that I've been so far, like I want to live here. So I kind of just had in the subconsciously had this sort of like love for Talkeetna. And remember when my parents first visited, it was that summer, that 2015, they came up and we stopped in Talkeetna. And if, I don't know if you remember, but the, uh, before the high expedition occupied the cabin that it is now, it was the Talkeetna chocolate corner. Hmm. So for, That's, I think it was for 16 years, it was a high end European type chocolate shop. And so, hmm. Uh, it was still the chocolate shop when my took my parents there, but it was it was the first year it became for sale. So there's a for sale sign in the window. And my dad, I grew up in a log home. My dad built it's a log log building, really cool scribed, you know, uh, logs. We go in and there's this old, you know, grumpy German lady working in there. And oh, that sounds and, that's very Willy Wonka. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. And and my dad and I take a tour and we go upstairs. My dad's just there. He's just checking out the log work. Like we I'm not <laughs> even thinking like I'm gonna one day own this cabin. Yeah. Great wood here. Yeah. Great wood. <laughs> <laughs> like taking photos. Yeah. yeah. And I'm but I'm like, I don't know if I really consciously thought like this could be the place where I do something. But right. remember like 2014 is when Alaska legalized cannabis. So this is 2015 and I'm, I'm involved. Like I was paying attention and kind of involved with the petitions and the, the voter, you know, the voter initiatives and the ballots that got us to be legal because Alaska did it through voter initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the same year, uh, Oregon legalized and it was November, that, November, yeah. 2014. So, and I'm like, I was the kid that was writing like an AP literature in high school. I'm like writing papers on why cannabis prohibition has failed and like why it should be legal. And I was like, I was more of an advocate than like, just like the stoner. Right. I was like really believed in it and was like, this, this is ridiculous that this is illegal. And so I'm thinking the wheels are turning for me that summer. I'm like, I want to, I want to start a brand. I want to start a dispensary. Like I want to do a retail dispensary. Like that was my, like that became my ultimate dream. And then I'm like, it all started clicking. I'm like Talkeetna, this log cabin, it's for sale. 
And I, and like after that visit with my parents, I was like, I just something clicked, and that's when it started. And um, and by uh, the next summer of 2016, um, I. How it all happened was I had, you know, I had like $10,000 saved from the slope. Like I was traveling. I didn't have a bun- any money really. And my parents are teachers. Like I didn't, it's not like I just had the ability to like the cabin was for sale for like $380,000. And nothing, I was, that's nothing. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I, I. <laughs> so I'll take I'm, it for 10. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can keep the chocolate. Yeah. Think about <laughs> how much chocolate this can yeah. get you. Okay. <laughs> And my dad said the wood's kind of shoddy. Yeah. So the bottom three logs are yeah. starting to rot. I, yeah. 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 So, so, uh, but at the time I was like, I was actually getting really into um, penny stocks and I was trading like mm-hmm. over the counter, like cannabis stocks, like Canadian stocks. And I was, all these weed companies were popping up and like, and I was really into it and I was actually doing good at it. I'd, I'd wake up in Anchorage, at, I'd wake up at 4 a.m. when the market's say, open four. on, the, on yeah. the East Coast and I'd, put in a bunch of calls and, and, and stuff and I'd, I'd oh, make trades man. and I, I turned like a thousand dollars into like 20 grand Whoa! in like two months. And I thought I was like, Oh, I'm going with penny stocks, penny stocks. Yeah. Damn. Day trading. I was reading all these forums and I was just like, just like trading. And I got really into that. Like, you were in the green stocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're calm, you know, the over the counter market. Basically. Right. Right. They're not on any of the major exchanges They're Yeah. Kyle, Kyle used to do that. And he, he tried teaching me once and I was just like, within the first five minutes, I was like, Mm, yeah. I'm good. It was cool. I'll never do it again, but it, I, I did well. I ended up losing it all. But in the, when I was at the height of like, I made some money, I was telling my dad about it. And he told one of his friends who had this lady he worked with, who was also a special ed teacher. She had just inherited some money from her aunt passing. And my dad's like, yeah, uh, Meg wants to, wants you to uh, manage some of her Ooh. money and invest them in these <laughs> stocks. And I'm like, oh, this might be something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, all right. So, but then I thought about it. I was like, wait a minute. If she just inherited money. I'm like, fuck the stocks. I'm like, so I, I called her up. I never met her in my life. I'm like, Meg, there's this building in this cool little town called Talakitna. Let me tell you about something it's, better. Yeah. It's for sale. <laughs> this is your pitch. Yeah, yeah. My pitch, my first pitch. And I said, I said, he'll, the guy's willing to owner finance it for a hundred thousand down. I said, instead of you giving me money to manage in these really risky stocks, which yeah, I've done okay, but really they're risky. Like we're probably going to lose it all. I'm like, why don't you just invest in this property with me? And I want to start a dispensary here. And you'll have, you know, you'll have equity in the property. You'll have protection. If I fail, you can just sell it and get your money back. And she was in on board. I mean, it took me six months to convince her, but she I was a, wondering. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a lot of phone calls. I'm like, I'm, I'm at work, like calling her, like trying. You know, yeah. it was a lot of a lot was, of finagling. What year was that? 2015. Yeah, was it was it? like 2015. So like, still new, super new. So if, if you remember, like our legislation passed November of 14. Mm-hmm. The first dispensaries didn't open in Alaska till late 16. Yeah. It took two years for the legislation to go through and then for the licenses to actually be, to be, uh, you know, permitted. So I'm still like in the middle of it. Like no one's even open yet. No one's even, oh, the wow. applications aren't even out yet. So it's still like new. We don't even know. Like, so like there was a lot of unknowns, like what are the setbacks going to be? How far from a school do you need to be? All these things. And the, oh. the, the property that I was looking at, there was some question. There was a park right next to it. There was some things that could instantly negate it from even being a viable option to be a, a legal marijuana business. So, but I was like, it'll be okay. Like, I was just like, I'm going for it. <laughs> That's what you got to do. You got to believe. Yeah, and, yeah. and what's just curious because, like you said, away from school, what what was the distance? Do you remember? Yeah. So the dis the set they kind of modeled it after Colorado, right. and so it ended up being. Um, 
you need to be 500 feet from a school. Which is insane because it's yeah. like, what if you're and it's as a 499? Cro- you're, nope. You're right. Done. It's they, like they'll bring one. surveyors out and you're done. Right. And but that, that actually one shut, foot that shut kids, me down in Anchorage, which I'll, just, I'll tell you about. But um, it's a surveyor, like yeah, a little bit yeah, of. Yeah. <laughs> well, just the idea of this arbitrary number. That it is it's arbitrary. Like, churches. Oh, 500 yeah. feet yeah. makes it yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. I got to be 500 feet from a church. Like, yeah. Why? Like, what? God can smell it. God can smell it. My highest paying clients are Christians. Okay. So I don't even want to hear it. They're going to be the first in line. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want to walk further than 500 feet. They want to see God. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's how we're going to get them. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I, I convinced her we get the property. And at this point, you know, I put every dollar I had into the down payment too, and I have no money. I'm still working this job in Anchorage and I start, so I had, this was in, you know, late 2015. So that, that, that winter from 15 to 16, I'm driving up to Telkeetna every weekend now. And I'm living mm-hmm. in the cabin on the weekends. And I'm, I, I, the, so I said, the fir- I don't know anyone in town. The first thing I did, I took everything from that. They left, they took all the chocolate, but they left like, shoot. Yeah. A couple of chocolate. Yeah. yeah. I was like, but um, they left. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I thought you were going to say, I was living off of chocolate <laughs> for the first for three, three months. months. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Put on 47 there was, pounds. There was, there was no water, no water, <laughs> no heat. I was, I had brought like three electric heaters and oh, I sleep up, I sleep upstairs with it. You can melt cot. chocolate. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. hot, I'm all in water. <laughs> yeah. But, the first thing I did was I got on the Talking to Trader Facebook page and I I gave away everything because I was like, we're going to make this nice. I'm like, I don't want, they have like 200 wicker baskets, all this ugly shit. I'm like, none of this is staying. I don't want yeah. it. I don't want to deal with trying to sell it. So I, I literally had like a yard sale that was free and everyone in town came and I was giving away displays and oh, wicker so you, baskets. You got in good with the and community. I met, and I met a lot beginning. of people. Yeah, I met a lot yeah. of people that way like oh, really quickly cool. and, and uh, my, my intentions were known and people were like, Popular, interested, and curious, and you know, was, I'm sure you had some, some haters. That, yeah. Some oh, haters. we can talk about that. Yeah. So yeah, I'd be curious. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna name them. Oh yeah. So I'll stay name, tuned yeah. to the end of the I'm, podcast. We're gonna name yeah. each and every hater. Yeah, I've been waiting for this. And your years. address. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, so yeah, I fix. I start fixing the cabin up. Right. I'm I'm like chinking the the logs and I'm cleaning the logs and just doing low cost stuff at the time just to kind of pass time. And at the time, I'm building a business plan. I'm like, I need to get an investor. I was like, I need to get borrow money or get an investor. There's no, no way I can pull this off to pay the lawyers and the licensing fees and build out a retail store the way I want and build a brand that I want. I envision this brand that was, you know, going to be something cool. But the the crazy, cool. yeah, that 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 yeah. was it, man. Cool. I wanted cool. it to be something yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, but like, I wanted does. it to be not just like Joe's Pot Shop. I wanted it to be like I want to make a actual like legacy brand that's mm. going to be tied into the history and be something that will outlive me. It was like, I want I love like, that. I wanted it to be a brand that wasn't like in twenty years people are like, oh, they sell weed. It's like yeah, like that's a brand. Like we sell merch, we have apparel and things that like, but we also have a brick and mortar cannabis store. That was yeah. that was always my approach. Because I like we don't need to be, just be another weed store. Like anyone can open up a shop and sell. You know, and before we know it, we'll you know you can go to fucking Tesoro and buy joints. Like that's gonna happen. So like, how do you be different? How do you set yourself apart there? So, um, so the craziest thing was though, so like to talk about the brand and how it all started and the idea of it. Because I'm not from Alaska and I don't know much about the history. I'm kind of getting into it. When I closed on the property, the the German lady's husband, who was also the realtor, uh, ironically. This guy named Klaus, who's a legend. I was going to guess his name. and He's It Klaus. wasn't going to be Klaus, but it was going to be close. Yeah. <laughs> oh, to that. It was going to be close? Klaus? 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 Is his name close? No, yeah. it's Klaus. Klaus. Yeah, so... Uh, Santa? Klaus. Klaus. Klaus says, you you know, I can't do it, but a thick German accent. He's like, 
you know, Ray Janae built this cabin. And I'm like, who? He's like, oh, Ray Janae. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. And he's like, he was a famous mountain guide and he built this cabin in 1976 and he was the first guide on Denali and started telling me all this shit. And I'm just like, that's cool. I'm like, I'm thinking like, not, I'm not thinking anything about this is going to ever matter to me, but mm. I'm just like, that's cool. Like, that's, I'm by, oh, every building yeah. in Tulkeen is historic. Every yeah. building in Tulkeen yeah. is historic. It's all got a history. And I'm like, cool. So, <laughs> but then I start like a couple nights go by and I'm thinking and I, I Google him. There's not much on the internet. I go over to the ranger station and I'm like, you guys got any info on this Ray Janae guy? And they're like, oh yeah, like you're pretty famous actually in the climbing community, which turns out climbing world, you can be really famous and no one fucking knows who you are. Right. So I was like, so I start reading some books and looking into it and turns out he's this guy that was born in Switzerland total rock star like wore a red bandana and aviator sunglasses and was like a total outlaw he was the first guide on denali like bootlegged it like wasn't like some he had no experience climbing he just came over here snuck over the border through canada illegally he drove a red cadillac convertible around talkeetna and picked up his clients and stuff like in the early 70s he was on the first winter ascent of Denali in 1967, which like they all, he saved everyone's life. Dave Johnson and all these famous climbers from Alaska. If you read the book, minus 148, it tells you the whole story. But mm -hmm. he like, he lied about his experience and like totally bootlegged his way onto this trip. And it was a part of the first successful summit, uh, winter summit of Denali in 1967. Wow. That's, that's the one field where I don't really want you to fake it till you make it kind no, of thing. No, but he did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he actually survived. He did. Yeah. He saved the group. They were, they were, they were, they got weathered in at like 18,000 feet on their way down. Yeah. It's a famous book. And he, right? yeah, yeah. It's a famous book. Yeah. And he, they were basically accepted their death. They're like, we're out of fuel. We don't have any way to cook food. We're, we're going to die here. And he went out into a whiteout. And they're like, Ray's never coming back. And he was looking for an obscure cache that they didn't even know if it was there. And he comes back with, he found it and found fuel and shows up and, and he Bag sustained, of Trader Joe's. Yeah. <laughs> sustained him through the night. Burritos. And, yeah. yeah. A couple beers. You got some McDonald's guys. <laughs> very impressive. Yeah. Right around the corner, dude, actually. Yeah. You'd be very surprised. Yeah. So, so anyway, so, so then he, 1969, he starts Alaska Mountain Guides. It's the first actual commercial guiding operation on the West Buttress of Denali. He, Ray, had over 30 documented summits of the mountain. That's just documented, probably more than that. And he ultimately died um, in uh, 1978. Yeah, no, 79. 79, he died on Everest. So he was, he summited. Down on Everest. He, he died on Everest. And so he summited. He, he got into a group, and um, I guess he was considered an American at that point. I think he was like the eighth American to ever summit Everest. 1979 summits. There's this uh, doctor uh, named, uh, I think it was like Gerhard Schmatz or something, a German guy that was part of the group. And Ray got separated with his wife, who was with Ray, and they all, it was bad weather, and this lady, Hanelor Schmatz, was with him. And um, what they think happened was they bivvied the night. They were, like, they were only like 500 feet below the summit, and they tried to bivy to make it out through the storm, and they ran out of oxygen. They think that Ray, they don't know because they both died, but Ray right. gave his oxygen to this lady because they found her like another 500 feet Further. down the mountain. Yeah. And so, but they found him dead in the tent. And so, but they never recovered his body. So he's still up there. Oh, wow. Buried under. Yeah. Because don't they leave most of, the, they that, have to. At that, at, high, at that high, they yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. So the Ray, dead zone. Yeah, I, think, I think he's the highest 
dead body on the mountain. He's only 500 feet below the summit. Jeez. Yeah, so, I've heard that. Like you go up you and you summon Everest and like you'll see. Oh, yeah. They there's, just like, they're there. There's like green boots and they have yeah. like, there's like markers, you know, and they're right. just there and they're off. To, they're too dangerous to recover and they're just, they're just part of the mountain now. Yeah, it's so crazy. Which is kind of yeah. crazy because like everybody's like, why don't they bring the bodies down? And it's like, well, at that point it becomes dangerous to try to get them out at that level. Is it because of the oxygen yeah. mainly? It's just because of uh, the rigging. Or just where, the, yeah. yeah. it's like if it's off, if it's even 20 feet off the main path and it's like right. it's risky you slip, for... you're done. And I think there's some spiritual things as well. Like there's some things that might not be talked about as much, but just about like letting them rest where they are. Like I think there's some of that going on. Yeah. Too. The mountain took them. Yeah. So like, let them rest on yeah, them. Yeah. So, but so, so I, so anyway, my wheels are turning now. I'm like, this guy's a fucking badass like yeah. he's uh you know he's he's a g like he's he wears a yeah. black one piece snowsuit and red bandana and his nickname was the pirate like he was like had a oh nerd. My God, and i'm like fucking yeah i'm like right he wasn't there. just he wasn't just some like square climbing nerd that like you couldn't model a brand about but i'm like this guy is like has the bravado and yeah. you can make like this guy himself is like a character like larger than life that you could create a brand around and i'm like he built the cabin and i started so i I I find out that he has a living family, his son, who was one years old when his dad died and was at Everest Base Camp waiting for him. And oh. Sir, Sir Edmund Hillary, who was the first one to summit Everest, flew him and his Ray's widow, Kathy, flew them from Kathmandu to base camp because like Ray had been missing and they were search parties and stuff. And so he was like a one-year-old white baby at Everest Base Camp in 1979. Oh, yeah. Waiting, and then they got the news that his your dad's dead. But Sir Edmund Hillary flew them in their in his helicopter. Oh wow! And so some really cool climbing history there for the climbing nerds. But uh, basically, this and his son's name is Taurus, and Taurus is a good friend of mine. He's still alive. Uh, he lives out at Pirate Lake, which is named after Ray. It's uh, literally eight miles from the toe of the Ruth Glacier in the Alaska Range. It's got some of the best views of the mountains. Ray homesteaded this. Uh, 80 acre parcel on this lake and um was going to build like ecotourism lodges and i had all these plans i found all these drawings and stuff so i i can't i i get a i get a lead to contact taurus he lives he was also at the time the youngest person to ever summit denali he summited when he was 12 years old oh my gosh but he lives this very remote obscure lifestyle with his wife where's very, pirate lake so it's if if you fly in if you ever done a flight sing tour in the alaska range like with k2 or talking air taxi You've most likely flown up the Ruth Glacier, mm -hmm. up into the Donshell yeah, Amphitheater. So the if you the toe of the Ruth Glacier, which is right at the base of the Tokosha Mountains, Pirate Lake is uh, um, right next to like kind of the where the Tokasitna River uh, sort of um, you know is the mouth of it is. It's about okay. eight miles from the toe of the Ru of the Ruth Glacier. Okay, it's like front and center, right in front of the Alaska Range on the south side. Shit, yeah. Is this on the road system? No, nope, no, no. Okay, they so live off the there. road system. They live there for twenty years, and they're wow. they come into town three, four times a year. But they live out there. No electricity. No, it's remote. Like they're living off Damn. grid. Yeah, they're doing it. And so, wow. yeah, but they're living in the cabins that his dad built. And Taurus is, you know, he's forty one or forty two now. And um, but they they live an awesome life, and they're awesome people, and uh, they they have some cool projects they do and stuff, but. So I, anyway, so I'm like, okay, I want to, I've decided now, I'm, and how I came up with the name, the high expedition, I'm sitting in the roadhouse one day and I'm like looking around, if you've ever been in the roadhouse, they haven't been open in a couple of years. Because they haven't been there for 
since they so, are open. Yeah, they're going to reopen this summer, hopefully. But it's a it's a place that a lot of the climbers would go to. And so if you look around the walls in there, there's like all these expedition flags, right? So from mm-hmm. like failed and successful expedition climbs, there's all you know team so and so from you know wherever like Australia, and they're they're all signed by the team. There's all these expedition flags that have probably been up to the summit, and it's just, they've tacked them on the walls and whatever because the roadhouse was a place people would congregate and and before and after climbs and it was just a very social place and i'm sitting there eating breakfast one morning and i'm looking around at all these flags and i'm just like it just hit me i'm like high expedition yeah i'm like boom and i just like it just sounded right and i just rolled with it because like ex- really? every flag had the word expedition on it and i'm like, You're like expedition. hi yeah and then high expedition high. Yeah. and yeah. then i thought like you yeah. know high x and there's all these there's just all these things that started you know like happening and the high expedition the acronym is t-h-e so like the co like the high expedition oh. company so i was like okay this is like instantly there was some things was like and i i've i've named like pretty much all the brands i've created holocene plant i've pr- I, i've had help on some of those with some team members but i've like I've felt strongly about the naming of things and I I really enjoy that part of the process. Interesting. Like I'm talking like a hundred hours of whiteboard sessions with things crossed out for weeks and then oh, yeah. you land on this one name, but there was a lot of a lot of things that didn't make it. Um so so I'd be curious to see that whiteboard. Yeah. I have some photos and some stuff. I would be curious space. to yeah. see what was up on what, there. I have I have four by eight whiteboards that just cover my rooms. I'm a big whiteboard guy. I love whiteboards. I yeah. whiteboard yeah. nonstop. The low expedition. Yeah. <laughs> no, something is not working. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. so I'm like, I gotta talk to Taurus. I'm like, I wanna create a, a lifestyle legacy brand about Ray Jeanne. He's going to be the guy in the logo. He's going to be the face of it. And we're going to make this brand about this guy. And you I, need to have, you, I got to get the family's blessing. His, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Permission. So, so I get the contact. He, he's at Pirate Lake. You got to take a float plane to get out there in the summertime. So I get on a float plane. I, I contact him via phone and I, tell okay. Him, so he, they he was, phone. Yeah, you just didn't show up because I, I no, was imagining he was, he was super skeptical. He's like, who are you? Like, you're just some kid from New York yeah. that wants to like use my dad's face. I'm Joe. And, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm Joe. <laughs> Let me tell yeah. you about med school. Yeah. Okay. I worked on the slope. Come on. Yeah. yeah. I almost went to Harvard. Almost. <laughs> yeah. So, and I get it. He was probably like, what the fuck is this guy doing? So I, I like tell him, I'm like, yeah, I, I want to start a marijuana business and use your dad's face as the logo. And imagine that, right? You're like, yeah. yeah, my dad didn't smoke weed. Like, I don't know about this, but I'm like, just hear me out. I'm like, let me just meet you. I want to talk about it. So I hop on the float plane. We land at Pirate Lake and all I remember is just, it was like George of the Jungle. Like this guy with long hair just comes, I'm not even exaggerating, comes sprinting out of the woods and just yeah. swan dives into the lake and swims like 50 yards up to the plane and just gets up on the pontoon. And I'm, I'm the, the plane is just kind of like, you know, idle taxiing at this point in the lake. And he's on the plane now. And I'm like, this must be Taurus. And I'm like, and he just gives me a huge hug oh. and, I, and soaks me. And like that was my that was my initial meeting him. Oh like, my god! On, on a plane. First off, scary. Yeah. scary. <laughs> Second off, like okay. Yeah. Like, all right, I was good. like, this he is... just says it's a no for me, dog. Yeah. That's like turn the plane <laughs> just around. Just drowns me. Like <laughs> yeah. He just fucking jumps back in. Yeah. Swims back. We'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> that. So how did you get his phone number? Just like everyone in town knows Taurus. Like he's a uh, you know his just that, the legacy. Yeah. I just it wasn't hard. Is. It wasn't hard. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't hard to get it. And, and so. 
We, so how does he doesn't have electricity? How's he got a phone out there? He's got a sat phone. His story's some, got holes. Yeah, he's got, he's got a generator and yeah. just you know, okay, but he doesn't yeah. have like there's no they're, they're off grid yet. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah CD yeah. radio. You can't just call him whenever you want though. It's like he calls you. you yeah. know, but I, I did get I got, I got a hold <laughs> of him. Fucking baller move. Yeah, I got a hold of him, and so yeah, so we had the initial meeting. It was really authentic, really cool. I was like, damn, this is like, I just and I could tell I was like, he's into this. Like, it's some we're gonna make this work, and so. I wait till he comes back into town and we, we meet up and we have coffee and some lunch and stuff. And I tell him like, I don't really know what this looks like, but I'm like, what I want, I'm like, he tells me like, oh yeah, I have like, I have a lot of stuff from my dad, photos, videos, oh cool, all kinds of stuff. And so he agrees to show me this stuff. And I, and so I, I didn't know this existed, but I started looking at it and I'm like, holy fuck, like this is actually like, this could be something really cool. He had Ray always for the 10 years he climbed in the Alaska range, he always had a film camera, a 35 millimeter camera with him. I was able to procure 3,000 Kodachrome slides. So when you look at my Instagram, the high expedition, yeah. all those vintage photos are all from Ray's camera. They're all from his collection. I, I took uh, back, what was that? Oh, the photo company that went out of business. Um, Kodak? Uh, no, in Anchorage, they scanned. Uh, you could go bring your your film there, and they they develop it. They'd scan slides. Stewart's, Stewart's is Stewart. still there. Oh, they're still there. Okay, yeah. I, I don't know I, if they do. I mean, maybe they, they stopped could do doing. Film. Maybe yeah. they stopped doing what I was doing. But for a time, yeah. I went to Stewart's and and paid them a lot of money to basically take. So, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I digitize it. Yeah, he yeah. he agreed. Okay, we're gonna we're, and I we had lawyers drop contracts, and so essentially the wow. fam the family is benefiting through a royalty from the business. So they they get a check every quarter, and they're benefiting from the business and. In exchange, they gave us exclusive rights to his name and likeness. And, I, and also, if you've been in the high expedition, you've seen all the vintage ephemera and ice axes and yeah, boots. It's, his it's all his stuff. It's yeah. his suit. It's his boots. It's his ice axes. So it's sort of like a museum in there. It's like yeah. it's raised stuff. And so a lot of the tourists come in just to see that. They hear like, oh, we want to go like learn about this and see this. And but the the photos were the thing that really got me excited because I'm like you know I I didn't know anything about a Kodachrome slide you know I'm like and I, and I I have boxes full of these things and they're all fire damaged and moldy and a lot of them are dirty some of them are nice some of them are totally out of focus but I take them all to Stewart's and they digitize all of them and I'm just sitting there on my computer going through three thousand slides Damn. and I'm just like this is gold I'm like this is amazing like these are photos that. For a lifestyle brand, Alaska brand, yeah. for like this is just like, and then content. The crazy for, part is, forever. so to the summit it wasn't my idea. It's how Ray signed his name on everything. That was his. Like uh, everything in the brand comes from Ray. Like it was. Oh. I took. I basically said I want to make a brand about Ray Genet, and then when I acquired all the stuff from the family, I started realizing like, wow, this guy was already self branding. Like this guy, yeah. this guy was a brand, and and I just basically try to keep it as authentic and original as possible. And, um, you know, we obviously, so like the high expedition logo, um, the, the shield, it's basically the Alaska mountain guides logo. It's huh. the, the, the color we, we literally copied the colors. Uh, we, we got out the Pantone books and matched them up and, and, and like uh, we, all we did was take out the, the core like mountain part of the center logo and then, and then nice. put in this illustration yeah. of his face. And then obviously the typography and everything was added, but um, the logo is the exact same shape, the exact same everything. It's it's so it's basically we just like said the way I saw it was like Ray was like a visionary. He created this brand. He was the first climbing guide on Denali. Already had this brand, and then he died, and it just like ended. Right? Yeah. He had all this momentum and work going, 
And then I just like found this treasure trove and I'm like, we got to like reopen this. And so then that's basically where we're at is like, we've got the family's blessing and now we have the high expedition, which is basically just like, we, I feel like we're continuing what Ray started and to the summit was like, if we have him on voice recording saying it, we, uh, his, if you were a climber, uh, paying him to guide you on his like intro, like, uh, his like, you know, as like introduction packet for like the climbing expectations. Mm -hmm. It's like signed Ray Genet to the summit exclamations. Like that was like his thing. He's how he signed hmm. his name. No way. Yeah. So, so, so now I'm like, okay, now we got to create a brand. I'm like, we got this all right. Now we yeah. like, and I'm not like, I'm into art, but I'm not like a professional graphic. Like it was, I didn't make this script logo. Yeah. I didn't, I, I was like, I need to get someone to help me. I have the ideas and I know what it looks like, but I don't, I need someone that's a pro that's going to be expensive to like make this real. So I, I had this mutual connection to this guy named Matt Varnish and he, I, he's in Colorado and one of my, it was actually Mike Green, the original guy I told you about. He's like, he's like, talk to my friend, Matt Varnish. He's a, he's a, he designs a lot of beer can labels for people. And I'm like, that's cool. That's oh, like, perfect. that's in the realm. Yeah. It turns out he, he designed the stadium Arcadium album artwork for not chili peppers. Oh, whoa. He's designed three album artworks for Ben Harper. He used to have milkshakes with Ben Harper, like designing his art, album artwork for him. And I'm like, sick, this guy's going to be good. So I send Matt Varnish everything I have. I write him up all these things. I had mood boards. I had everything. I'm like, wow. this is this is the brand. I'm like, we need to make, I'm like, the shop opens in four months. Like we need to do this, right? At this, <laughs> at this point. And uh, I'm like, and he was like, he wasn't sold. Like he didn't see it. He didn't understand. Right. He was like, who's this Rajan A guy? Like no one's going to know him. Like, why is he cool? And I'm like, I was like pulling my hair out. I'm like, no, I need you to like be stoked. And like, and like his nickname is the pirate. The pirate. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah. That's all you need to know, dude. Listen, varnish. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. At yeah. yeah. So, and I know like you like branding and stuff. So I, yeah, I, wanted I, to, I wanted to like tell this story. Cause like, I, it wasn't me. It was, you know, part, partly me, but there was some people involved that made it actually be next level. And so Matt Varnish finally sends back a, a first like proof of like some ideas. Right. So the first deck and I'm just like, devastated no this is i've already spent like 10 grand on this and i'm like this is this sucks i'm like he doesn't get it and yeah. he, he wanted to, he would have called it joe's pot shop and made some generic thing right because he was he didn't understand yeah. the ray thing and he didn't he wasn't i'm like well come do it come here i'm like i'll buy you a ticket just come to talkeetna i'll show you the museum i'll show you the shop look at the mountain i'm like maybe you'll get it yeah i wouldn't do it so fired him right wouldn't he 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 i'm sorry he said no to a free ticket to Alaska. Yeah, he was too busy. It wasn't the he wasn't buying the flight back. Yeah, he had to cover that. <laughs> I got enough to get you here. <laughs> you got enough to get <laughs> here. You got to finish yeah. this. Everything's oh, on your man. own after that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so that was like I was super bummed because I'm like, this guy's like, you know, he works with Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like he's a pro. He's, yeah, he's cool, working for Coda yeah. Brewing in Colorado, like doing like legit. Like I looked at his portfolio; it was sick. Um, he did like a one of the box sets for World of Warcraft. Like he's a all over he's doing branding and designing for all kinds of stuff that's cool so i was like i thought i had the home run there and he just he didn't do it hmm. and so i i remembered my friend this is a crazy story so my friend ryan dixon who i'm sure he's gonna listen to this but he's he's a, a, ryan's a gonna listen to design this? genius he is the ryan. one he's involved he's the the maker of what you see in the high x merch and the branding and the shop and so what happened was i met this so you know he's from williamson new york and randomly we i don't know if, if where you're from everyone would go to myrtle beach every year for spring oh, break. yeah so we go to myrtle oh, beach yeah. right so spring break myrtle beach i'm like 12 years old 
I'm on the beach skimboarding and I meet this kid named Ryan and his name's Ryan Dixon. And I'm like, we start, we, we, we're 12 years old. It's before Facebook or cell phones. And it's like, we become, we become best friends for that week. Right. Yeah. Then we leave. And yeah. even though we're from an hour like away, or two hours, yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't see him for years. I'll call you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah. So a couple of years go by and then we, our spring breaks line up again and I see him again and we're like 14 or 15. We skimboard back and I'm like, still the technology still wasn't there to like keep in touch. Right. And so it was just one of those like, oh, I guess you're just my spring break friend. And we don't talk. And then like two years later, we're like 17. I ran cross. So I ran, played soccer my whole high school career, but I ran cross country my junior year. And we're at like the county meet at like Mount Morris or I don't know where it was, somewhere in New York. That's a small school. And I walked by him and we both like did a double take. And we haven't talked in two years at this point. We've only met each other twice skimboarding. Yeah. And I'm like, and we, we figure out that. It was, Holy yeah, shit. Like, oh. Ryan, and are I, we going to do this yeah. or what? At this, okay. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, we have MySpace, so yeah, like, we, yeah. we, we connect. Are you going to send the request or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm tired of trying to find yeah. you. Yeah. So um, I've been playing hard to get for four yeah. years, okay? <laughs> so uh, that's how it feels. It's crazy. That is like the serendipitous of this and how it ended is insane for me. It's like one of the coolest things in my life because I go to school. He ends up going to RIT for design, Rochester Institute of Technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, we kind of like, we became Facebook friends and we maybe talked. It was like, we were just friends. It wasn't like nothing was happening. We weren't like working together, seeing, like hanging out. And I think of him, I'm like, I remember seeing his work on like Facebook and so I'm like, he's killing it. Like his design stuff was sick mm-hmm. and I really liked it. And I, I was like hail marrying. I'm like, what do I do now? I just spent 10 grand on this guy who was supposed to be like the best in the industry and he fucked it up. I'm like, I call my buddy Ryan. I'm like, dude. Spent ten grand just just for the drafts. Oh my! Gosh. Yeah, just for the first look at the at the the, the decks, and I could yeah. show them to you later, like show you what the what I'd the results were. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't it was generic. So um, yeah. So we uh, so Dixon, we talk on the phone, and he's kind of like, I tell him what I'm doing and stuff, and I'm like, I need you. I'm like, this is what I'm doing. I'm starting to. He didn't he didn't know anything. He didn't know that I was in Alaska that I was starting a dispensary. Oh, yeah. He's like. So I, I, I lay all this on him and it doesn't, you know, he's work, at this time he's a, he's a junior designer for Crispin Porter Bogowski out of Boulder Okay, I'm from familiar with the firm, but they're a pretty big design firm that's worked with a lot of big clients. And I knew his portfolio was getting good. I knew he was busy, but I'm like, I need you. And so he's like, all right, well, send me what you got. Well, I'll see what I can do. And so I sent him the same thing. I sent this Matt Varnish guy the next day. He emails me back a PDF with like, he nailed it gold, like the sketches, the ideas, the concepts with to the summit and the mountain and the flags and everything I imagined, he like, he just nailed. Just nailed. Perfectly. Yeah, perfectly. I'm like, dude, we could print this right now. Like, this is great. Hmm. And so I'm like, the the bit, the shop opens in like two months. I'm like, we need, I mean, we need to do this. I'm like, can I pay you to, can I fly you to Alaska? And will you come here and we'll just, we'll, we'll jam this brand out together. And he was like, yeah, I can do that. He's like, I got time. So it's been I'm, a while since we've been 17, but yeah. I'm in. Yep. And, yeah. I, and I hadn't seen him since that cross-country meet. Really? Yeah. So at this, at this point, we're, we're 20. So you, you guys have seen each other, li- your friends, three times, in, three our times in your life. Yep. <laughs> Twice skimboarding on Myrtle Beach, right. once at a cross-country meet in passing. This time, now we're 25 years old, you know, whatever, eight years later. And he shows up. I buy him a ticket. He shows up in Alaska. And within a week from contacting him, he's in Alaska. And he stayed for a week. 
I, t- I gave him the grand tour of all the businesses and the ideas and the, the the museum and the shop and and I took him on a flight up in the mountains. And by time he left, the high exhibition brand was completed. The mm. logo, the design suite, the merch packages. And we just, we jammed it out. It was amazing. It was like one of the coolest, I'll never match that creative experience in my life. Like, But like, what if he would have said like, I'm just not seeing it, you know? I just, <laughs> like. Fuck you. I probably would have just called it Joe's Pot Shop. I, uh, yeah. I would have been like, fuck Honestly, I, Joe, am I, I just, stupid? Like, yeah. I know what that <laughs> Joe, I kind of miss the whole, who's Ray? Uh, yeah, Ray. Right. I just don't yeah. get it. Yeah. 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 This bald that bearded guy. Just, yeah. Yeah. That would have been the ultimate irony. Yeah. You know, <laughs> thanks for the ticket, but I just don't see it. It's just <laughs> that's cool. I love moments like that, and I love that he was like, "All right, yeah, I'm gonna come up and like you show me around." And he got to experience. It. I think that's the one thing with your first designer. Yeah, he really missed out on mm. because he didn't see it. And like, I think that's also we can feel the passion coming off of you when you talk about it. Yeah. I think that's a different thing they can get digitally. Yeah, he right, you know, he's you made it. He's worked with big people, and I think he was just like, "Oh, here's this 25 year old starting a pot shop in this tiny town. With he wants to make a brand about a climber. Like he, just, he didn't see it as like a portfolio. Thing. No, not at all. Yeah. He didn't see. He thought he was like steering me in the right direction. Like you know, you can make you know, like Trader Joe's, right? Let's yeah. make a generic thing that can maybe yeah. be like a household brand type thing. And I'm like, no, varnish, uh, varnish, varnish. Yeah. So he you was thinking, out. okay, yeah, yeah he was thinking that route, which I kind of get, but like, but but Dixon was like. No, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Like this is cool. Like this is authentic. This is a legacy brand. This is like a guy that. So like, he's the Michael Jordan of climbing. Climbing is oh, not a. Is, you know, it's it's not like climbing is like like Ray, Ray Jeanne standing on the summit with his ice axe is like yeah. the Jordan dunking. Like it's it's yeah. it's yeah, relevant. It's to me. Yeah, it's iconic, and it's yeah. the brand is iconic, and I think that's why a lot of people kind of kind of dig it. And that we, oh, 100%. We, we saw a lot of merch, and you don't even have to know who Ray is. Like you don't have to know that Ray made it to the summit. It's like. To the summit, which we've trademarked, is like it's like just do it. It's yeah. It, what does it mean to you? It doesn't have to mean climbing Denali. It's yeah. it's anything. It's just do it. Or, you know, to the summit is synonymous with that type of message. I think I, I, that's I think that's the beauty of like you know uh, good brands when you think all this through and you have like so like you know a lot of stuff you see a logo and you're like well why did you do that ah oh, colors are cool. Yeah. Like I like, I just, I don't know. I like it. Fiverr. The font's dope. <laughs> Fiverr. <laughs> right. Or freaking 99 designs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or anything like that. But like uh, when you have like idea and the inspiration behind why you do it and why you choose what you choose, I think that's so much more powerful. And that comes across. And so when you were looking at to the summit or looking at high expedition branding or your packaging or whatever it is or plant or Holocene, I'm like, oh, yeah. They know why they chose this and why they're doing this. And that is good branding. Yeah, you, you gotta feel something and exactly. you might not know what you feel, but it's like evoking it, emotion. It's and it's I mean, you guys are creatives, you get it. Like it's people sometimes don't understand like what really goes into it and the like and it's kind of cliche, but it's like the amount of work that went just into like what landing on a script logo for like yeah, why right. why like we're like, why would we, Ray Jeanette already had this logo. Why wouldn't we just make our own? But no, we're going to actually like alter this original one. And like my business card is an exact replica of Ray Jeanette's business card. But oh, you, you're not going to cool. know that. But like every little detail was yeah. we, and in my mind, I'm like one day when I'm dead, someone's going to look back and maybe connect these dots and be like, holy shit. Like this was, yeah. you know, yeah. every every angle you look that no one sees at this point. There's it, Ray. Yeah. It, <laughs> we thought about <laughs> there it. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he was, he was, 
he was a visionary. He was ahead of his time. He did some badass shit. And, yeah. and I basically just rode his coattails. Like I latched onto what he, he, he died too soon. He left, he left a portfolio of work and the blueprints to like, to make what I, and he never smoked weed And the brand. The point of the brand was to not say Rage and I smoked weed. It was like, no, this is a lifestyle brand to the summit. It doesn't mean getting high. It can, if you mm -hmm. want, but he built this cabin, his stuff's in this cabin People, it, the, the other ironic thing was that cabin after he died became the national park, first national park service building. Mm. So oh. we've now hijacked a f old federal building and we're selling weed out of it, which is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. People Very pirate-esque. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah, exactly. Ah, it, yeah. it is, it is. Yeah, it's like, that's, that's good. It's sort of like the aud audacious is sort of a word that right. we think of. Like, it's like we're pioneering an industry. Like he pioneered climbing. We're pioneering yeah. the cannabis industry. It's right. like- there's people that didn't like climbing. They didn't want people in the park. They didn't want them doing that. There's people that didn't want my shop to open on Main Street. They, it, there's like these parallels that always kind of kept me really stoked and like going. I was like, this is cool. Like I kind of feel I'm not climb, I'm not badass enough to be like climbing the mountain like Ray mm -hmm. was, but I feel like I'm I'm doing it in my own way, and it was really yeah. fun for me. See, I think that's that's kind of the inspiring part of the, your story so far is like you. First off, you, I mean, you had Ray varnish or whatever not no, matt varnish matt varnish uh basically say like whatever dude and like but you kept going i think that's the thing with like entrepreneurs where it's like i like this and i'm gonna keep going and then a lot of people can push back on that or like whatever you know not agree with you on stuff but like there's a vision there and i think that's it's believing in your vision is what makes sets you apart from the rest you know what i mean and i think that's really kind of something i don't know I could tell the first time we met was I was vlogging. I was because I was thinking about it this week. I was like, all right, we're gonna have Joe on. I'm like, well, how how do I know Joe? Like, when was the first time I was vlogging? Myrtle Beach, skimboarding, <laughs> yeah. skimboarding, skimboarding. We're uh, twelve years old. No, my family. We went to Ocean City, New Jersey. That and we went to Myrtle Beach, but Ocean City, New Jersey was like our main Jersey Shore. Every yep, every summer. Um, GTA, but we met. I was vlogging and like, I was like, oh, is it cool if I like record in here? And you were like, absolutely. Like show the stuff off. Like, I don't know. If, I think you might've said like, don't get this over here, but like this stuff is fine. And we, you know, and, uh, so I did. And it was like you, I, and I videoed you talking about this, like very minuscule to what you just did, but like basically being like, this is what it's, inspired by this is what branding is and this is like why we're here right now and here's this suit and all this stuff and it's just like like even in that small moment you're like oh yeah this guy he he's passionate about what he does he's passionate about it it's not and really i don't think i don't know i mean i don't smoke weed but like i'm inspired by the branding right and i'm inspired by the, the lifestyle brand of what high expedition to the summit is you know so there's something there it's not just like a weed brand. Yeah. Like I said, my goal was that in 20 years, people are going to like see a high expedition hoodie and recognize it and then be like, oh, they sell weed. Yeah. Like that was, yeah. that, that's like, that's, that's for me would be a success. Mm. Like selling weed was almost a way to subsidize what the bigger vision was. And, and the, the bigger vision was to have a lifestyle brand, eventually functional apparel, like things that are high quality, maybe made in Alaska. And uh, sort of, there was just like, Telkeetna, you go there, right? The town itself is just, it's its a brand, right? It's, oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, 100%. It's, why, why do all the princess cruises go? Why do Alaskans like to go and hang out for the weekend? It's its Telkeetna. It's yeah. 
it's at the confluence of three major rivers. It's 60 miles from the mountains. It's like end of the road town, all these things, right? right? So the, it's the jump off point for climbing expeditions. It's been that way for hundreds, it's gold mining district, all the history. And I was like, no one's really brand, no one's really like, I don't even want to say exploit, but no one's captured this and like, and harnessed mm, this, right. this, like, how do we take this thing that draws people here to hang out and enjoy it and be here? How do we turn that and then somehow have a brand that sort of reflects that emotion or that kind of vibe? Yeah. Where do you think you got like, because I feel like a lot of people will be like, oh, I just want to start a business, but then they won't ask those kind of questions. Like, how do we capture Denali and, and. I feel like they'll just be like, ah, oh, this is cool, the, whatever, just put it out. Where do you think you got that from? Like, uh, is that your, pl- uh, you know, Princess Lodge days? No, I think it's just something that I was always an artistic kid. I liked art. I liked to draw. I liked to doodle. I liked to be in nature. My dad, we hunted a lot. We yeah. all sitting in tree stands. Like, I, I think I just, some. I don't know. I couldn't, that's a great question. No one's ever asked me that, but I think, I think Talkeetna itself did it to me. I think mm-hmm. when I got there, it's almost like it invoked, like it, it brought out like the, the creative elements that I sort of had and the skills and the ideas and the things I gravitated towards were sort of like bottled up and then thrown back in my face. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I have to do something with this. Like the oh, way yeah. I feel, I have to do something with this. And I said, I'm someone from New York. I didn't, I don't, I didn't even know people climbed Denali. Like I didn't, none of this, yeah. up, you know, and then and now I also, I'm like an expert, like I'm reading books and I'm studying it. And I could tell you who, who, like, I could tell you the history of climbing on Denali, like who'd summited first and when, and who did the, you know, the Cassine Ridge first and the, all these cl- routes. And I'm not even, I'm going to climb it one day because I, I can't wear this around all day and not go climb it one day. Really? But, yeah. But that's to be determined when, when I have the time to do it and stuff. But but I, but I'm still really interested in it. The history is like I've become a nerd about it, and that's just because I live in Talkeetna now. And like we, some of us, me and my friend Lance, kind of coined this term like Denali proximity factor. And it's like the, we live next to like Denali is the largest mountain in the world by mass. And like spiritual or not, like there's something about gravitational feelings. Things you're living in the shadow of Denali, mm-hmm. and like every morning I wake up, I can just like I feel like I'm like I'm close to that thing, you know, and it's there and that's sort of driving some of the creative effort. And so Mm. to the summit and like the mountain and being close to it, it's just like, I think living there and being there and and experiencing it is, is the answer to your question like that. I wanted to then, I wanted to reflect how I felt because not everyone can live there and or ever will live there. So I wanted to figure out a way to take all those feelings and then make a brand that, you can show up from Illinois and know nothing and be like, that shirt's fucking cool. Yeah. I don't know why it's cool, but I want that shirt. Dope. But I'm going to be wearing it. Yeah. And that leads it to another question is like, uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons I feel like you could stay out in Telkina. You know, it's secluded. It's, um, you know, community or whatever. But what is what is your reason for staying out there? Because, like, not only are you building a brand – or you built a brand out there and, and a business, um, but you're living like two minutes away from it because I've seen your stories. So I'm like, I know where you live. Like, yeah, yeah. I know. Cause it's talking is not very big. So I'm like, okay, I know. Yeah. I can, where. I can walk to work or yeah. on the bike, but yeah. So I got lucky and I, um, uh, I bought a house on the village airstrip, which also has a lot of history and 
it was the first airstrip that like Don Sheldon and Cliff Hudson and all these famous Alaskan bush pilots kind of pioneered. And uh, before the state air, airport was built, that was the main strip in town. The military used it. It was set aside by an executive order when FDR was president in the 40s to be only used for aviation. And so I own, I'm actually the only person that owns a house and lives, my yard is adjacent and connects to the village trip. So I park my airplane right in my yard. Actually, par- I park <laughs> that's my, so cool. I park my plane closer to my house than my truck. <laughs> so, so cool. Dude. So that's why I live in Talhina now. I, I found, I got back into aviation. I've been gung ho about it. I've, I've, after Christmas, I had like a 23-day streak where I flew every day for 23 days in a row. Oh, my God. So I just, every day I'm I'm flying. And I go in the range and I fly in the mountains and I do my own photography and I'm out there flying. Yeah. I, have, I know the mountains really well now. And, uh, yeah, I, I put my plane on skis in the winter and I pull up to my yard in the, on skis in the wintertime and I get out and try to do some backcountry snowboarding and stuff, accessing with my plane. So you're, you're outdoorsy. Yeah, I yeah I, I enjoy it and flying's really become my new passion. Like I, I have a manager now. Like I was saying, my business is sort of self sufficient. You know, I'm still involved and I'm I'm there on day to day stuff, decisions mm-hmm. and ideas and you know just just business stuff. But um, you know, like we're working on new merch for this summer and getting all that going. And just, there's always something to do. But flying is like my new passion and my new thing that I'm like yeah, yeah. I want to. I want to be a pilot when I grow up. Like that's not a new thing. Like I, you can't like, I have other plans for high expedition. Like we want to build an onsite consumption lounge and have one of those there behind the shop and have that experience. But um, that, there's just some red tape still with that going on. But right now flying is the one thing that for me personally, like what do I, like what do I enjoy? It's Out there. the branding and the creative stuff. It's sort of when COVID happened, it kind of, it kind of fizzled out. Like mm. my team fell apart, you know, like, Dixon got a job. He was working for Apple as a one of their head designers, and he's now working for Google and the Google Shopping. He's like the head of designing the Google Shopping yeah, experience. That's cool. Yeah, so he's a he's a real pro, and and he has two kids now, so his life has really changed, and he's you know he's got a lot going on. So we still talk a lot, and he still he'll send me stuff from you know on Instagram, and we we have fun. And is I, is are you gonna like? Who, I mean, so then for new merch or whatever, you're not working with him. Are you doing I, I bound, it? I still, I, I'm doing it. I do it because like the, the design assets are deep. You know, we, we yeah. have Google Drive folders for days that are, Sick. Uh, that no one's seen yet. So there's always like, Ooh. and I've learned a lot. Like I've learned Illustrator. I've learned design techniques with for him yeah. working with him. You know, I was always the guy that would like put together like an 18 page Google sheet, like mood board with references and ideas yeah. and he would take that and then pop out the gold you know that's so, awesome. so i have all that stuff and i've learned a lot and but i'll, I'll i might like make something and then show it to him and be like, be like is this like, good it'd be like eh. thumbs up yeah. thumb down yeah. yeah but i mean like you know at one time in the studio we had we had pantone books we had you know we, everything was mm. like it was legit those and, are the best yeah especially i feel like i don't know i can imagine being out in telkina and it's like Listen, we don't have to that we can drink beers oh yeah all night long. We can just hammer out these like designs or these details and just go back and forth and like 
tables are full of shit. The whiteboards are full. Like yep. I, I can just imagine that. I'm like, ooh, that is like the money spot. Yeah, know? we had our guitars and drum set in the studio. Oh. It was it was like you're like, all right, break time. Let's just yeah. take a second. Let's just jam something. Yeah. I think we need to jam this one out. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Just joints on rotation. Just yeah. like it was just yeah. It was honestly the best time of my life. Like like I. Whether like the brand is doing well or the business is doing well and it's you know it's it's successful by any definition you know it's it's paying the bills and uh, employing people and keeping me going and now it's freed me the time to pursue flying and stuff but man i would trade anything to go back to like that those moments where we're just like creating and like we had a team like my good friends Ryan and Haley Dreamer, which you might have seen their Dude. video work. I, I wanted to talk to you about them they, too because my, I'm like, how fucking lucky are you that you just got like? Because I looked at all their stuff on Instagram, which is let's just shout them out really quick at yeah. the Dreamers at Dream right? at Dreamers Dreamers. Yeah, um, I'm just like, how fucking lucky are you? They all of a sudden like the two fucking the couple uh, filmmaking. Have you heard of these guys? Mm. Okay. They're just like out of all the people that could have moved to Talkeetna, yeah. I was like, you got really lucky and like just partnering with yeah. them because their stuff is really yeah. good. Well, yeah. They, I mean, they were doing stuff before, way before I met them. And then when I met them, I feel like we had a nice synergy. And I went to Europe. I did a trip with them to Europe and we just did a bunch of shoots, oh, so like cool. high experts in Europe. And, um, but yeah, we've we've been working together still. Like they're about to do a short story on me as personally with flying. Like they're gonna sh- shoot a short film and produce oh, that and for their own project. And but like they did a lot of high X. Like like Ryan is an amazing After Effects guy. He like animated our logo. Like prof- like he's he's just yeah. done all kinds of stuff. And but yeah, they're they're they're. I mean like your videos are amazing. I love your work too. And I feel like they're, don't don't say that. Don't I know? Just, I, I saw you, the medium build. I saw the medium build video. Yeah. It's pretty just cool. This that is a build up here. before you get yeah. to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but <laughs> I was to say, but their shit Here's is Brian, better. Here comes but their shit the is butt. so much better. Yeah, and that's okay. They have this is. thing like talent. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. A, yeah, I mean, I get it. Thank God they moved to Tokyo. Yeah. No, yeah, it's uh, it's cool though. I mean, like. As we all know, like whether it's a brewery or a dispensary or a videographer, like Alaska just doesn't have a lot of people. So, yeah, like whether, yeah. or a podcast, whatever. Like you know, I hope this thing keeps going and blows up. Like it's just cool. Like Alaska is always twenty years behind everything else, or, or whatever, oh. whatever it is, right? And I feel I'm really stoked that people like will buy a T-shirt or enjoy the brand. People that don't understand the history, they don't need to. It's fun for me to share the story because I feel like a lot of people don't know it, and yeah. it's there is something cool about it. It is really cool. And uh, yeah, I'm just like, and like, obviously I was the one kind of steering the ship, but a lot of it kind of fell on my lap. And it's one of those things where if you just believe in like, you you know, it all started with the chocolate shop. I'm up there with my dad and there's a for sale sign in the window. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I'm like, I want to put a dispensary in this building. I didn't know Ray was. Yeah. And you just, you just go with the flow and you're like, okay, I'm, I got the building. And the guy hands me the keys. He's like, Rajne built this cabin. And I'm like, who the fuck's that? Yeah. A week, you know, or a month later, a month later, his son is is swimming in the water. <laughs> you know, it's like, it just attacked and, me. Yeah. And like, <laughs> in a lake. And like, Dude, in I pirate can, lake. Yeah. I could just see your face being like, yeah. oh, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. It's like looking back. And I haven't like told this story in a long time. It's like, it's fun to even for me to like go back and relive it and think about it. Cause I feel lucky. It's like I've met some awesome people. I've worked with some really cool people. And it's like 
the end of the day for me, it doesn't matter the money, like all the stuff doesn't matter. It's all about like those, those experiences that I can recount and I'll never forget. And I can like tell my kids or tell my friend's kids one day, like it yeah. re- it's, it me it's really cool. Like it means a lot to me and I, love that. I don't know what's next, but like that I've lived that. And it's like from someone who grew up near Rochester, New York, like we're way out of my element. And now yeah. I, I feel Alaskan. I feel like I've had an Alaskan experience and, and I'm, I'll never leave. Like it's, I'm, I'm hooked. Oh, I love you're, that. You're, you're stuck here. I'm stuck, man. Do you, do you ever kind of like put yourself like thinking about like Ray and, and a lot of this brand is, is Ray. Do you kind of ever picture yourself like thinking if he would approve of certain things that you're doing? Like, um, uh, not not the the pod aspect of it, but just in general, like do you kind of RD? That's what I was thinking. The bracelets. What would Ray do? WWRD. That's a great question. So I've actually I've been working in the background on a documentary about Ray, and I've been lucky enough to interview some people that have since passed in the last five years that knew Ray, were friends with him, worked with him, climbed with him, knew him around town. Sure. And there's this guy, Jim Gleason, rest in peace, an amazing artist. I interviewed him back in. 2018 in my house with this uh with toby harriman who's a local videographer yeah. photographer guy toby toby did some work with me and toby did the filming of that and i did the interviewing and i asked him that same question i said i said jim you knew ray you used to have coffee with him you jim is a, like a famous local artist at the time in telkina he passed away i think two years ago but uh amazing dude and and i hope this these interviews surface one day because they're really well done but i'm like would Ray, what do you think Ray would think of this? Like if Ray was alive, what would he think of me? And what would he think of the brand? And and he sat there and he acted like he was thinking real hard. And he's like, Ray would fucking love anything his goddamn face was on. <laughs> <laughs> and he just like meant it. And it was like basically saying like, he'd love it. Like right, he was, yeah. he loved the attention. He was larger than life. He, right. like, oh, that's awesome. He drove around in his red Cadillac convertible with a bunch of young hot chicks. Like he, that was Ray. Like he was, he was just a rock. Star. He was, he was a rock star. Yeah. Right? He was, that. Yeah. So a modern pirate that made me, feel, and, I, and I, and I've had that same thing kind of be confirmed through other interviews and other people. I've gotten to know a lot of the old timers that, you know, like I said, some of them are now gone and thankfully we've interviewed them and captured those stories. But, uh, yeah, it, nothing but respect. Like a lot of people are like, sure. we respect you. Like you came into this town, you 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 saw the history and the meaning, and you basically, if I didn't, if I didn't, if I would have just not been interested in this dude saying Ray Jeanne, you know, no one would know who he yeah. is. Like unless there you're a climber in the book, but yeah, but now people have a chance to like learn about this guy and like, and his family's benefiting from it financially and from like, I feel like his legacy being kind of carried yeah. on and continued and the photos are now, they would have rotted away in a box. Now they're on Instagram. Now they're being shared. People are, you know, there's naked chicks on food caches that people like, <laughs> there's just cool photos and history that are surfacing that took a lot of work to do, but I'm like, I'm really glad that we were able to like dig into this. And then like, imagine how many legacies like that, that have died or have gone rotted away in some cardboard box throughout time, through, through all industries. Right. And so like, Mm -hmm. it's just cool to be like, this isn't like, you know, we're not like doing something like super crazy here, but this is a guy like the climbing industry, the climbing world is a thing. Like people climb Denali, people climb the, seven summits of the world. It's a thing. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not that far removed from like the NBA or other, you know, mainstream type sports. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do it for different reasons. You know, they're not professional athletes, but doctors, lawyers, uh, whoever. 
have dreams and goals, you know, women, children to, to climb these mountains for, for whatever reason. And, uh, Denali is the tallest mountain in North America. It's, it's, it's a heralded mountain in the world to climb and it's tough. And to be in Talkeetna, which is the base camp to do that and to have this brand in this cabin that this guy that was the first one to do it, it's like you start, yeah. bo- it starts bouncing around and I'm like, it, may, it was a no brainer. Like it just fell in my lap. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like most people though would be like, oh, cool. Raging it. And then like, not even think about it. Like I, that would have been so easy for you to do, but no, you looked it up and then you went to the, you know, the ranger station, ranger station and asked about it and kept going and going and going. I feel like he, you're going to be a researcher. That's so that's, that's part of there it. There we go. That's probably, yeah. Heidi, you see it works. It, it, yeah. It paid off it somehow. came off. Heidi, yeah. he's, he's doing not a it. complete failure. He's doing he's not. it. <laughs> Couldn't have done that at Harvard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I just think that's so cool. I think that your story is cool. I think, um, what you're doing is rad out there. Um, I'm stoked. I feel like every time I go, to tell Keena whether I go in the shop or not. It's just cool to like be like, you know, like you're our age and you're like, it's just kind of like cool. You're like, fuck, like he's doing it. Like that's really kind of cool. Like we don't really know each other that well, right? We talk on Instagram when when we see each other in Talkina, it's like, oh, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. You know, how how are the kids? You know, whatever. Yeah, and I just met Kyle for the first time at the Medium Build show. Yeah, yeah. for like like two seconds, right? I mean, like, so really this is the first time we've sat down and like had a conversation. Um, And it's like, I can tell how like passionate you are about the brand and like going forward and moving, you know, from New York to Alaska and how you talk about Alaska. So it's just really cool. So I feel proud of you, even though I barely know you, you know what I mean? I think you can feel that kind of coming off of like how you're talking about the brand. Um, so yeah, I know, you know, I, I think like what, what's next? Do you have ideas? You did kind of say in like the last few sentences that you were like, Oh, I don't know what's next, but do you have ideas? Cause I mean, I feel like, you know, Holocene and we didn't even get to that too. Cause that's interesting in its own realm, but like Holocene and plants are your CBD, um, seltzer waters. Yeah. And like that, the Holocene is, that's cool branding too, because you're using vintage, vintage pictures again. Well, but, and we're harvesting floating icebergs out of Whittier and yeah, melting sorry. them. And that's, that's what's in the product. They're at, they're at, you know, they're at the new Alaska Nordic spa carries them. At one point we, we had like a, distribution of 150 locations in alaska brown jugs cars you know Dude, we were it's in so cool stores. and then plant which is more like your like i'm assuming it was my competitor product i made to compete yeah. with my own product because i was like this the whole scene was sort of this high-end product that my real goal for whole scene was to get into like willowa and the bars and make cocktails uh, and make mixed drinks with them and stuff and that's still yeah. that's still potential but plant was sort of the um the lower lower end more competitively priced product. Yeah, that you're, not, wasn't, you're not having to take boats out and harvest a glacier. Yeah, ice. it was like we just we work with Denali Brewing and we we co-manufacture at their location, mm-hmm. um, and they just turn their water on and make it, and it's good right. water. But it's it's a it's a much more. It was uh, you know at the time when we started making, I haven't checked caught up on the industry stats, but it was like it was the most competitively priced CBD seltzer in the country or the world for the amount of CBD in the product for per can. Mm. Holocene? Uh, plant. Plant. Okay. I do remember. Holocene's expensive, but. I do remember, and I don't know, because I, I never had had CBD, but I, I when I went to your shop and then we drove up to Fairbanks like the next day, and I bought a bunch of honey sticks from you, CBD yep. honey, honey sticks, yep. and then I bought a bunch of uh, Holocene, I 
ate all the honey sticks <laughs> in the car, and then I drank like two or three Holocenes, and I just remember being like super stoked. Like you just killed all the inflammation I, in your body. I don't immediately. I, don't, I, have, yeah. I have no idea because, like you know, they say like CBD, like oh you have to have it in your system yeah, for yeah. seven days or whatever. Take this but cancer. Like, I don't know if it was like placebo or what, but I was just like, dude, I am enjoying this. Road your trip. wife's like, oh, he's so nice tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The definition uh, of chill. Yeah. Uh, well. Cool. So, um, well, where can people find you? Like, where do you, where are you posting these vintage pictures? Like, where would you want to point people? Yeah, at the High Expedition, T H E H I G H. Then Expedition is our handle for the High X, and our website's you know unapologetically kind of down right now. It's just sort of like the post COVID blues. Like, I was like, nah, we're our website at one point was pretty cool, and we had all our merch on there, but. Uh, I'm like, it's got to be perfect or it's not online. And that's how I work. So it's the all, bane of our existence. Yeah. So it's offline creators. temporarily, but it'll be back this summer. We're going to get a, a whole new round of merch and update the website. We got a lot of people that request stuff from out of state. But yeah, at the high expedition, highexpedition.com. And uh, my personal Instagram's at Joe McEnany. I mainly just post flying photos. So if <laughs> that bores you, don't even check it out. But. <laughs> don't even buy <bother>. it. <laughs> uh, um, well, but well, yeah, flying, you know, and, and what's next? It, flying you know I, i'm pursuing a professional flying career now and it's kind of yeah. an interesting thing where you know i guess i never identified as a stoner but you know you start a cannabis business and people just assume you assume smoke a bunch it, of weed yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and 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 i did i you know at one point and but now that i'm a pilot and i fly every day i, I i've i've had you know i made the choice that that's just doesn't mesh and so yeah. a long time ago i, I kind of stepped away from that and now flying is what i do and and i'm looking at uh, working for K2 this summer in Talkeetna and doing professional flight scene tours. And so I'm excited about that. And I've really applied myself and focused to, to flying. So it's sort of my, that's my new thing. So when you get new products coming in, who's, who's trying them out? Not me. Yeah. Like, do you have managers R&D. and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. My manager, my employees, you know, locals that we know and trust. Get Kyle involved, dude. Yeah. This guy, talk Kyle, about blazing you, up, you, dude. I, this guy blazes. I get chill. Yeah. I, I get very <laughs> He chill. gets real high. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we could use some product testers. So yeah. come up to Telkino, come up with yeah. Steven for a weekend. Bringing the kids. <laughs> yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. yeah. Bring some mushrooms and you guys yeah. can try again. There we go. Oh, man. Well, I, microdosing. I, yeah, I do. I actually, yeah, it's funny because um, people have listened to that last episode, or this was a while ago, though. Yeah. Um, we talked about microdosing. Someone's like, oh, hey, you should buy these, you know, microdosing pills, uh, mushrooms in it. So I've been trying to buy them, but they're only in Canada. Oh, so I'm like, oh, yeah. fucking, I'm going for a road trip, yeah, dude. Like, yeah. I want to do this. Hope so. to make it past the border, but yeah, yeah. good luck. Well, well, it will be fine. We'll yeah. figure out a way. We need to go to Talkeetna and just have on our calendar a blackout week. Yeah, and it's just one Black week, out. one Black. week where we just try everything, yeah, everything so, we can. If you just come to Telkina and just ask around, you don't need to go to Canada. Yeah. Okay, I was All gonna right, say, cool. who's your shrimp I guy? I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I you're just uh, guessing. Mike, uh, yeah, yeah, where is he? Yeah. Where are they? They're, they're lingering around. <laughs> uh, well, cool, man. Well, hey, yeah. you've taken up a lot of your time. Thank you for uh, making the trek um, over here to our big city. <laughs> but no, we're stoked. We're stoked about what you're doing. We're stoked about like that whole thing, but also where you're going and what's happening next. Um, I just think it's really cool. And that's why we asked you to be on because 
I think that story you just shared about yourself, but also how it intertwines with Ray's and so many different, you know, characters. I think that's so cool. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your story. Uh, thank you for putting beautiful branding into the world of Alaska. So I thank you for that. And uh, yeah, just yeah. thanks for coming on. Yeah. Well, thanks you guys. I, you know, the podcast seems like it's kind of coming together and I've, I've enjoyed kind of listening to it lately. And so I wish you guys the best of luck too. And thanks, man. maybe we'll do a, a recap here in a couple of years or whenever and see, see where we're at. Yeah. Well, I love that. Yeah. You stay safe flying out there all the time. You know, we'll be thinking of you. Thinking yeah, of maybe, thoughts. I was thinking we could, we could do a podcast episode from, from the, plane. the air. Oh. Cause I can, we, we can, actually, you know, no, yeah. <laughs> No, we got, we got, God's yeah, too. we can actually, I, I tested it with Dreamer actually, cause he thought of it. It was like, we can actually mic stuff up and have it be pretty clear. So uh, we could actually, yeah. we could actually put GoPros in there and like film a podcast. So how do you <laughs> think you did this? Yes. <laughs> it yeah. would be, so yeah, it'd be quite the idea. The follow up. Uh, go fix yourself episode will be we'll be we'll go fly in the Alaska range. That'd be fucking we'll, sick. We'll figure some shit out, and then we'll go back and we'll do mushrooms. And then that <laughs> yeah. will be the beginning of blackout week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll kick it off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that kicks it off. Kick it off. We're coming yeah. live from <laughs> from a week we won't remember. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're gonna podcast every day <laughs> and just listen to them the week ne- the next week and be like, oh, this yeah. was shitty. Yeah. There was twelve seconds of yeah. gold in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's our clip for the week. Yeah. We're in the Fairview. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, the fair of you. Anyway, well, thank you for coming on, man. Yeah. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Kyle and Steven will be back with a new episode next week. In the meantime, check out GoFixYourselfPodcast.com. And remember to always go fix yourself.